Hello guys, my name is SVB and you're about to listen to another episode of the Group Up Podcast. In this episode, the OG cast and I are going to discuss all the amazing Overwatch 2 news, including the proposed release cycle, new heroes, new maps, the monetization model, Junker Queen, and the new beta. But first, I gotta tell you that this video has been sponsored by HelloFresh. Now if you're a human being like me, you're gonna need food. And that's where HelloFresh's fully prepared meals coming straight to your door will help with that issue. So check out my HelloFresh adventure and let me show you how it works. Okay, so we're about to cook this HelloFresh meal. Let me show you what we got. So the food comes in a bag with a number attached and a recipe on the card. So this is what it looks like out of the bag. The chicken and the cheese come in a separate refrigerated bag. And we're about to make some chicken quesadillas. It's supposed to be made with chorizo, but I'm not going to make it with chorizo because I don't eat that meat, which is one of the benefits, I think, of being able to customize the meal for yourself. Okay, so as I'm starting to preheat the oven, it is now 5.01. So let's see how long this takes. Popping in now the chips along with the chicken. So we'll let those go for a bit. No millennial meal would be complete without some guacamole. Finished all the chopping and now we wait. Hurry up chicken. All right, chicken is ready. All right, a little salt bay drizzle of cheese on my quesadilla. All right, now we just plate that and voila. A chicken quesadilla with some sweet potato chips. Got my guac on the side as well. And it didn't take too long, not too bad. Now, unfortunately, this code is only for my UK users, so sorry to everyone else, you can't get this delicious food just yet. But on screen and in the video description, if you use the code that I'm showing now, you can not only get 50% off your first order with free shipping, but 35% off of your next three orders. So get in on this, guys. Trust me, you're gonna enjoy it. And now, back to the podcast. Yo, what is up guys? How's it going? And you hope you're having an amazing day, evening, afternoon, wherever you're coming from. It is a lovely summer, summery, warm afternoon here in the UK and it is a warm and lovely time to be an Overwatch fan because we finally have a roadmap, we have some news and we have some shit coming, which is unusual. And I'm here with the Avengers once more, the usual gang, to discuss it. So, in the bottom right is my man Warzone streamer Samito. Sup? Sup, sup. In the bottom left is the god himself, Flats. Hello. And in the top left with Papa Aaron lovingly, uh, you know, approving everything he's doing, it is Frito. Yes, Aaron Keller supports everything I'm going to say on this show, I'm sure. Look how happy he is. Look at that guy. Thanks. Exactly. <laughs> Couldn't be mad. Couldn't be mad. Okay, so it is a crazy, crazy time, guys. I don't think any of us expected the turn that came, particularly considering, you know, Sam, I know you left for Warzone, and we were discussing this just a bit before we went live, but a lot of Overwatch creators kind of just thought, who knows when this dark tunnel finds a light. But the light has come. So to start off with, I just want to get your general feelings, where we stand in light of yesterday's announcement, the Overwatch 2 reveal event. So like a one-sentence or two-sentence summary of, yeah, how you feel right now about what was shown yesterday. Samito, go up first. Um, This actually might be a surprise, like... Because we've been talking about this on this podcast for, I mean, what, two two years of us, like, you know, continuously kind of talking about stuff. Um, it didn't, like, it. I didn't register emotion. I don't know why. Like, I was, I was logically happy, but I feel like that we all kind of expected this for a long time. So it, what surprised me the most was the release date, not... Um, like what they were going to do. I like, I didn't expect October. So I was a little surprised at like October, 
I was I was kind of like emotionless about like free to play and stuff because we kind of expected it already in your head. Like it's kind of like when you're a kid, and you know what you're gonna get for Christmas because like your grandma leaked it, right? Like she's like, oh, you're gonna get some socks, and it's like, oh wow, I'm gonna get socks, and it's like I'm, I I enjoy the socks, they're warm and fuzzy, right? But I also knew they were coming. That might not be the best analogy. So like I'm. Does that, uh, that was, well, whatever. It, it was sound though. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Grandma leaks, man. Grandma leaks. Yeah, you, you guys get what I'm saying. That, that was what, one of my better okay, ones, so I guess. Kind I don't of know. No emotional reaction. Yeah, just a surprise. A little surprise at the release date, but like, I think we all kind of know what the industry standard is, and it was very clear it was heading that way. So that's kind of what. <laughs> Jeez, Louise. Good, good morning. Good morning. <laughs> all right, Vlads, did your grandma leak uh, what was happening, or, or were you taken by a little bit more happy emotion? Well, I have grandma in my chat saying sorry for leaking, so I'm trying not to laugh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to hold it together. Uh, but yeah, no, I, 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 my grandparents used to to hide my presence uh, in a room upstairs that would be like suspiciously locked, and uh, one day just would always end up leaving it open at some point, and I just wander and go, oh, okay, <laughs> swalk out. Uh, so. In relevance, how did you feel about the announcement yesterday? Though? Oh, oh, we're talking about that. Oh, I thought we were talking about the presents. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, okay. I, I, I kind of agree with Sam a little bit. Uh, I would say through most of the actual announcements, always it was happy to like like seeing a, like the roadmap, seeing the battle pass. It was basically like remember that last show we had where we basically had all these things that we were asking for. It was like okay, check, 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 check thing like. They're just going down the list and just checking them off. I was like, this is great. But I will say the emotion did hit when the cinematic started. That's when actually, like when the cinematic kicked in, like when Junkrat, like at the end, when Junkrat like jumped up, like that was like the IRL equivalent of like, you know, like you win the game and like everyone in the stadium goes nuts. Like my whole chat just went just like a million miles an hour. And like everyone was super excited. I was too. I was happy for it. And like, I was a little teary-eyed, like you could see it a little bit, um, you know, because it was just like it was finally that time. I was like, okay, like we have actually started the comeback now. It is officially started. Like it's now. There's no more like, oh, we're waiting for the next beta. The next beta, like we're holding on tight. Like no, like yes, there are betas to wait for, but that's not what it is anymore. We're now going to this date, and this is when it starts. This is what's coming. The commitment to content every nine weeks, whether it's a new map, then a new hero, new map, new hero um <clears throat> hopefully you know aggressive balance changes in that time uh events like oh, who knows like what else we have coming but like the the whole idea is like there's a lot of they've finally now publicly said this is our roadmap this is what we're going to be holding ourselves to and you are going to hold us to and we're gonna we're gonna be making this the best game we can you know and like that is we couldn't have asked for more at that point you know so i'm happy happy frito uh, aaron keller's happy behind you how are you feeling yeah he's feeling good i'm feeling good to finally know the plan i i feel that i try to always see it from the devs perspective and have been clued into the drama behind the scenes so much more and confident that i understood what was going wrong <clears throat> and pointing to well this is probably like the decision from a year ago based on all the external factors we see they kind of wave by to jeff and so I don't have the same expectations that I think I see so many others, uh, like players, average players do, which is it's been three years. It's just this. But me, I'm like, 
wow, they did this in a year? Oh my God, three, three heroes that's ready and they're reworking everything and it's going to free to play in an entirely different strategy. And they talk about like like the, the decision to move the, the the very large, like it's like changing a ship, right? It's like, you gotta go a few degrees, but it's like, they like pulled a 90 degree turn, like basically. So I'm impressed. And uh, the amount of amount that we're getting and the plan seems sustainable, I think. I, I can't really say I would want more. Like, I think there's a big community sentiment that they wanted the big release with six heroes and PVE dropped all at once. But for me as an active player who wants to keep going, I don't know if I want six heroes at once. It's like, it's like it, one hero is like meta redefining. And I think having that more continuously and spread out is like, these are all exactly the things I want. So I'm, I'm struggling to deal with how I feel about it and what I think is the right call. And while also seeing so much cynicism on the internet where like, well, this isn't what you planned for originally. This isn't what we wanted. And so I, I'm kind of confused about that. Actually, before we go any further, I just want to like really fast off of what you just said. I actually, I'm kind of in the same agreement and we're definitely in the minority of that. Uh, most people are really upset about the heroes thing, right? Like there's not enough. It's only three heroes in three years. You know, that wasn't even like the old schedule, you know, all this other stuff. But like, let's say in that, universe it's true that yes it's only three they're also having to have a new hero every 18 weeks because every nine weeks is new content a new map then a new hero so every 18 weeks is a new hero that is the same schedule just about as apex and and valorant and i would arguably say maybe not for valorant but at least apex heroes in overwatch are way stronger and more impactful in their kits than an apex like apex yes the, like the heroes matter and like there's meta picks and stuff like that but not to the level of Overwatch. Like Overwatch, like their whole kit is the hero. It's not like you know you you design their abilities and the concept of the hero. No, like you need the guns, you need the damage, you need what they can do. How do they deal damage? How do they interact with the rest of the cast? How do they interact with their teammates? Like there's a million other things. The fact that they're committing to that, like you almost wonder, is there a landing strip that they've had that like they already have like four or five heroes ready? or like they're working on actively, but they need that extra landing time while they've released the game so that they can keep working on the next heroes down the line. You know what I mean? Like it's kind of a, it's, I don't know if it's even possible to, to, to design a hero in 18 weeks, like in overwatch, it's, it's really complicated. So I, I love the three heroes release. I think it's great. I agree completely. And I think this is the opinion of anybody who like properly understands the game and also, I'll say another thing to add on to everything you just said. I think people don't realize that every time there is a new hero, it's like there's, it's a new game. So because everything you're saying is true, the, the interactions of the new meta that gets developed based on whether we're at hero 35, 36, 37, whatever, that's like a new version of the game almost, where you might be going from one set. It's not like in Valorant where you're kind of always playing the diffuse scenario, like whether you're in a poke meta or a dive meta or, or a, a rush meta or whatever, it, it's like radically different. And as they keep adding heroes, it gives us a chance to like experience that game state for a while before we transform into the new thing and it lets them string it out. As opposed to if, you, if we got all six, let's say we got all six for a year. Well, now we're just playing that version of Overwatch for that whole time. And I, I think that's worse than the live service model where we can try it out, give feedback, iterate on it. And then, oh, there's a new element learn that new game. It's like a new game each time, basically, as opposed to uh, blowing your load all in one go. <laughs> That's always a bad idea. Um, 
actually this is this is something i wanted to kind of monologue on a little bit and you guys have brought it up nice and early so i'm just gonna go on this because i think there's been a lot of people i'm sure you guys have had comments from your communities kind of coming in and saying i'm underwhelmed like three heroes is not enough and you know i think a lot of people have been doing the maths about well we should have gotten nine heroes in the time that we didn't get any content for this wall so long time so only getting three actually feels like less and I think that's totally like understandable. There's a lot of what I would say baggage towards Blizzard. Like a lot of people have have really changed fundamentally their relationship with Blizzard from being something of like a, a industry benchmark of, of a company everybody seemed to like and respect to now being, you know, obviously even this lawsuits aside, just the content wise, people clown on Blizzard a lot. And I think that over the years, a lot of resentment has been built up about, you know, amongst the community, especially those who've left. So I understand why people are like underwhelmed, but I do think that my POV is that we have to look at this team like uniquely as their fresh start. Like we have to give them the chance to be judged on what they do and not on what came before. Because as Frito said earlier, like April 2021, Jeff Kaplan leaves. It's just been over, it's been just over a year. And we went from, and I, I don't know if all of you guys have seen the recent uh, GameSpot interview with Aaron Keller, where he kind of, a lot of it is quite PR-y, but there are a few choice terms he uses in there where he talks about like it's a change in mentality basically because we didn't really see it as a live service game so now we're making it a live service game and it's a whole new ethos so to go in like a year from a game that's essentially we don't care about Overwatch 1 we're not releasing stuff for Overwatch 1 it's Overwatch 2 is all about the PvE mainly that's what we care about this was kind of potentially Jeff's vision to turning around and being okay we're going free to play we're gonna have battle pass we're gonna have hero releases nine week cycle so like I want to just put it on record that I want to give huge props to Aaron Keller and he's smiling right next to me in Frito's background because he approves <laughs> as well. But I think since he came, he's been clowned on a lot because he's not Jeff, because he's not got the charisma of Jeff and Jeff is like a legend and a superstar and it's not as natural to Aaron seemingly, right? But in like just over a year, he's taken that essentially sunk ship, forget sinking ship, it was a sunk ship and he's lifted it up to the point where he's like, we're competing with the industry. We're going to have three three hero releases. Again, that competes with our, you know, our competitors. It competes with Apex. It competes with Valorant. And we're going to have a PV also, which is going to blow these guys out the water. So in terms of the actual raw amount of content they're outputting, they're going to give you the same amount as the PvP games as all the other PvP games, plus PvE stuff too. So to go from what we had in 2021 when Jeff left to this is incredible. So I just want to give, like, I don't know whose who's singular responsibility is. Maybe shout out to the whole team. But I wanted to get my monologue out there on the cards that I am just, like, wildly impressed with the job they've done to turn it around. So, slow clap. Samito, you nod in. What do you think? Uh, I think I, I, I agree with you guys completely. I, like, I think Three Heroes is fine. And I also think that people are misunderstanding what October 4th really is and what the actual timeline is. We talked about this at some point last year when we did the Great Jeff debate where we kind of talked about, hey, usually people are expecting results right here, right now. When there's a big change in leadership, it takes about a year. Dude, time flies. I feel like I just blinked and all of a sudden we're here a year later, right? Like it's, it's just hit me right now. Mm -hmm. um, it usually takes about a year to see actual turnover of leadership to have impact right because it takes you know time effort etc cetera, etc cetera. I, I think three heroes is fine i i don't think it should be more and what october 4th really is it's the starting line and we, we talk a lot about on this podcast about how apex kind of 
went downhill. It took about a year of consistently good updates to get the game back to where it's kind of in a good spot right now where people in the community genuinely look at and say, or generally, not genuinely, generally look at and say, hey, this game's in a good spot. We like this game, blah, blah, blah. What October, wait, is it October 4th? Is, wait. Yeah, yeah. Fourth, fourth. I'm thinking sixth in my head. Um, well, October fourth is it's it's gonna take about six to twelve months of consistent updates to whenever they drop the PVE, and at that point when they drop the PVE, at least me personally, that's when I'll consider it to be the real Overwatch Two. I'm actually more excited for the PVE. This is gonna be a hot take than I am the PVP. Mostly just because it's a personal thing. Like, I've played so much of the PvP. Like, I feel like there's not much left for me to personally want to do other than to kind of just go through the motions and enjoy what's there. In terms of new stuff, as someone who loves Borderlands, can we talk about how much Junker Queen's thing was Borderlands-esque? I love that. That was my favorite. That one in Sigmas might be my favorite. I felt like I was watching a Borderlands trailer, and Borderlands is one of my favorite series of all times. They actually have a Roadhog Easter egg in Borderlands 3. I don't know if you guys knew that. There's a, nice. oh, what's his name? They have a little mob, whatever. I won't, I won't go on about it. But no, I think that their schedule's good. I think Aaron's done a great job. I, I like Aaron. Like, he seems like a very, every every time that I've seen him, he just seems to be like a very straightforward guy. And I don't get why people are clowning on him when he's the one who pulled the ship out of the, the, the giant iceberg that the Titanic hit when Jeff was navigating. Like, Dude, like, I love this analogy, the Titanic. Oh, it's just it's facts, so though. Listen, and, and here's the, uh, a tough pill that the gaming community has to accept. And I love Jeff Kaplan. I think he's a great guy. He's a legend in the industry. He did so much to get gaming to where it is nowadays. But the reality is, when you're the boss of the project and you hit, if you're the captain of the Titanic and you hit the iceberg because you're, you're, because you think that you got it the right way and it doesn't work, you're still responsible for it, right? And now they're able to break out of the shell. I think that Aaron and I really John Spector too. It kind of like this, a lot of this has John Spector vibes too. I'm not gonna lie. Like this, like the, the way that this stuff's coming out, the way that we quickly do a 180. It's got that go-getter kind of energy, and it seems like that's the whole team's vibe right now. I love that stuff. I love the fire in the belly. They said that they want to show, Scott Murphy said that they, they want to show what the team can do. It's going to take six to nine months of really showing us what they can do, and then I think that's when we'll see the real Overwatch 2. It's not going to be immediately, but it's going to take six to nine months, in my opinion. Yep. And I'll quickly reframe this question because Samito's kind of brought on a couple of good points that I wanted to bring up. And Frito, I know, appreciates the Titanic analogy, and I want Frito to kind of elaborate on why. But this was going to be my controversial question anyways, and, and Samito, you kind of alluded to it. Was Jeff the problem? Was Jeff stopping all of this from yes. happening? Yes. He's, he was in charge. Yes. Whether he's directly responsible for it, he's accountable for it, regardless. I'm going to say yes. Frito? Uh, not enough of the solution is maybe where I'll go. So the thing is, I, I have too much personal bias here that it makes it difficult to, to be objective based on uh, what, like, I think there's a lot of creators that know this, but um, maybe the, the public doesn't uh, very well. But I think, like, when there's a BlizzCon panel uh, with lots of journalists and a few creators and uh, Kotaku or whoever is asking softball questions that were, in the presentation themselves, and then uh, an annoying creator comes out while they're trying to market Overwatch 2 in 2019 and get us all hyped about that to maybe distract from the other PR fiascos they had. They had so many, I know it's hard to keep track. Yeah, but yeah. It was believed that's why they were front-loading and saying all the things they were working on. And, and, I, and 
uh, the Lorax comes out. So yeah, what about the trees? What about what about us right now? What about power creep? Power creep is a player perception issue. Oh, well, thanks, thanks for that answer. Oh, so, sorry, I'll I'll just yeah. Uh, so mm, I'm trying to combat my bias about that. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> my experiences with this directly have not been productive. That's what I'm trying to say. And comparatively, now it feels entirely different. So for me personally. Mm. it's hard not to raise questions at least and can you before i go to flats can you quickly elaborate on the titanic metaphor why you were kind of like oh yeah this is well a perfect term for it yes uh and i, I tweeted this yesterday because i just uh again i want to be somewhat evasive about this subject but uh the reason why the titanic metaphor is so wonderful is because uh everyone now knows it as the ship that crashed but the significance of this story is that they built it thinking it was unsinkable, right? It was the hubris that allowed them to crash because they thought they, they like engineered an unsinkable ship, right? So if you, as a studio, think that you are just so hot that the blind spots or something's wrong with the rudders or the power creep is raising, you know, the tide or whatever, and it's like, don't have to deal with that. It's, that's not my problem. So I'm just saying, I think if you... Look through the history of how things were dealt with. Whatever problem you want to highlight in the years of time under that leadership structure, you can see the hubris response. As opposed to now, it's almost the other way, where it's like, oh, is something wrong? Is so sorry, gaming community. Oh is, oh, is Zen not good enough? Here's a bunch of stats. Here's a, please, please just play Zen. Please play Zen. You, you like Zen, right? Please, more stats. He can actually kick you across the map, right? Oh, Zen's got two kicks. He just, he just is flutter kicking, bicycle <laughs> kicking everyone away. Support's way fun now, guys. Come, come, come. Come back, please. Play the game. Play the game now. So uh, I, I almost like, I want to like defend them the other way. Because in the years of time, at the start of the game, some of you guys in this call, weren't here when uh, the game launched. It was, it was kind of just me criticizing them and it was unpopular to do. Like, it, it's so weird, the Twilight Zone difference of after all these dramas that Blizzard went through and the fanboyism they had, because they really did have it all. They, they had whatever they wanted. And you could, you could if, 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 I was, if I raised a hand, it was like, oh, the, the group finder, isn't going to be used at all. It's really bad. It's like, boo, they're doing, they gave you what you wanted, but I'm like, it's not, it's not going to work. It's not going to, it's not good enough. And I'll tell you why. There's a hundred reasons why it's not going to work. They solved solutions like that, where it was like short-term thinking and they wouldn't allow a, a, a deeper analysis of the issues, right? So everything was always just little bits and pieces and patches. And now years later, we're getting this out. That's like, I mean, I didn't read this interview that you're mentioning SV, but <clears throat> Uh, this was what the leak had said that they weren't really. Th I, I got I got to read the exact language on this because I don't want to misquote them. But there was that leak talking about the leadership differences between them, and uh, we I think I we brought that. this up in this call that they didn't think it was a live service. But weren't they calling it a live service then? What, what do you mean you didn't think it? You sold it as if it was. You you, <laughs> you made it seem like it was, and and that's ultimately what I get back to when I to my start of uh, this entire. Uh, conversation. I don't begrudge anybody that had the rug pulled out out from under them being mad now. Like why why isn't why isn't it six? Yeah, I, why isn't it? Well, I, everything I just said that's why. So uh, me wanting to love the game, I'm willing to let that stuff go, right? Get over it and look at things the way they are and accept the, the reality. But 
I also know how the sausage was made and spilled all over the floor. You know that scene yeah, from The Office? Yeah, yeah, my, One of my favorite scenes from The Office, okay? <laughs> Kevin is coming in with his big bowl of chili, and he's like, I put all my work into this. It's the thing <laughs> I do best, right? And then he just spills it all over the floor, and he's scooping it up with the paper. Like, that. that's what Overwatch 1 was, right? Up till now. <laughs> And they yeah, had to come man. in and like, like, wow, there's chili all over the floor. How do I actually make this edible? And it, well, yeah. a lot of it you got to throw away. A lot of it you can't use anymore. And now we get three heroes. All right. I spoke for an hour, but hopefully that was uh no, that's a really great. That's a really great way to put it, man. That's that's kind of like how that's kind of the emotion I feel, and I'll, I'll give it to Flats here because I don't want to skip his his turn. But it's very the one thing I'm personally struggling with, and this is again a personal thing that I'm not trying to say everyone feels this way. It's very hard for me personally to get over like a little bit of the bitter feelings that I have over the last like two years of like slamming my mental against a wall every day, like committed to this. Cause I am one stubborn son of a gun sometimes. Like when I commit to something, I was taught to see it through to the end. And like, that's how I felt committing my life to the game. And like being, it's tough to take that step back and be like, okay, all the negative emotions and the stressful nights, the sleepless nights, whatever they may be. I'm sure we all had them. Um, let's like, it's get past that. Right. And I guess that's where friends come in. So yeah, go, go ahead. Flats. Go, go, sorry to cut you off there, but which, which one do you want me to start with? You want me to start with the Titanic? You want me to start with the sleepless nights? Or are we talking about Jeff? I don't even know what this we, we can go, all the go way back to grandma as well. If you want to, we got some. Right, go <laughs> you can't wait two seconds, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I mean, take, your, take your pick. Just feedback off anything you think. I'll just catch it up quick. Uh, I can't really speak a whole lot on Jeff because I wasn't a creator back then um, during those old days. But I will tell you as a someone who came in very late in that era, um, I didn't get to see much, but I got to see a little. And it's very hard for me to not think that the change in leadership and the change um, that has been the changes that have been made have not been significantly improving um, everybody. Uh, and 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 what it everything from their relationship with the community, relationship with creators, uh, all the way to how the game is even played. Um, I I don't think that there's almost been anything since he's left that's gotten worse. Uh, so it's hard to then go, were they not the problem? Well, if they leave and everything gets better, that's a weird trend, and it's not you know it's not a coincidence. So. I'm inclined to lean towards that direction. Um, uh, what was the second one? It was, uh, are we talking about Sleepless Nights or the Titanic? Oh, the Titanic. Uh, yeah, no, 100%. I, uh, it, it's, it's, they, <sighs> I understand people being really upset about the heroes. And to be honest with you, they kind of deserve to be clowned on it for a little bit. Um, but I will say this. Uh, this was one of the first times I've watched a, um, a stream um, for an announcement slash release of anything. Um, this is this goes like uh, Xbox, E3, uh, Sony's, Nintendo Directs, Pokemon Directs, etc. There's very few times the entire chat at the end is spamming W. That's very rare. Most of the time people are like just upset about something in it. I don't know if you guys caught the end of the live stream, but the whole chat was filled with W's. And then the occasional one person is just saying L, but they're just trying to be different, man. Like, <laughs> you know, like if they actually thought L, they would have clicked off at that point. But I will say that um, there was a renowning positive from everyone that watched it was renowningly positive. 
and I'm wondering as it ripples through over the next few days, because I don't know if anybody saw, but there was a donkey tweet. I'm making a video, so we'll figure out how that goes. Um, but I'm sure like as it like resonates outwards a little, um, we'll kind of figure out more public perception over time because it wasn't like such a head rush like the beta was. Um, at least I don't think so. Like it wasn't like the entire games industry was just like, like that was everyone's news. Like right away, like, yeah, everyone kind of like covered it, but I, I didn't see it everywhere. You know what I mean? It was like an article here, article there. Like it wasn't the big rush. And I still believe that overwatch is going to have to have the apex approach. It's probably going to have like a huge first like month and then it's going to drop hard and then it's going to start climbing, climbing slowly as the new heroes come out, the new maps come out when PVE hits, PVE will shoot it back up. And hopefully people have seen from that first few months, like up until that point, the game is good. And that when then the original drop off comes after the PVE comes out, it still affects the average. So it comes up um, and more people are playing it and more people are playing it. And, you know, it might take a few months, but with that longer period of time of proving that the game is good and they are working on it and they're delivering good content, people will want to enjoy it. And I, that's that's kind of my prediction on the way it'll go. And I think they understand that a ship is very sinkable at this point, and they they're not they're going to try not to hit any icebergs. So I think it's uh, I think they're in a good spot. Um, but really, really quick at the end, just for the sleepless nights for all of us. I hear you. I I I've I have. So I actually had to do some stats recently because I'm, I'm I'm in the middle of doing a few things, and um, it from June. 30th uh 2021 to june 16th 2022 i uploaded 1311 youtube videos in that Dang. time and like the large chunk of that is overwatch uh i am i could not be more excited for the possibility that i don't have to be going to sleep at night going am i doing the right things am i wasting my time because i know it's going to work out and all those sleepless nights are now going to be sleep nice nights, knowing that everything tomorrow is going to be great. Very wholesome. Very, very wholesome. Um, I, mean, I, I uh, think it's one last ahead, thing on Jeff before we change subjects. I just wanted to remind everybody uh, the, the things that have been said about him positively. Uh, a man of integrity. Um, there's a lot, a lot of BS at Blizzard. And in many ways, Jeff was important in shielding the team from that and fighting against some of the outrageous Activision corporate greed as well. So uh, although I have many criticisms of, of the man's strategies on things, as a human, um, he, you know, he's a genuine guy. So uh, despite us all like, <laughs> thank God he's gone, you know, like the, the witch is dead uh, in some ways. Uh, we all agree on, on that. I, I think he just had some um, dinosaur ideas. You know, sometimes you got a relative right and they just are, are in the past and you're trying to bring them up to the future but they're stuck in their ways you know and sometimes they just need to not be the ones in charge or driving the car you know like that you can come along on the ride but maybe you're not <laughs> the one leading the thing no i'm uh, glad you bring it up. Not, yeah go ahead, yeah, go ahead. That's what you're good. i was just gonna say you know it, it, the guy he's a great guy i don't think anyone doubts that he's a great guy at, at, at any capacity you know the, the game wouldn't be what it is without jeff kaplan neither would this industry so nothing but love to him obviously from i think all of us he's our he's our he's been our group profile pick for like two years true <laughs> true the group that we're currently using to have this call and has jeff kaplan adorned on it so maybe we need smiling aaron in at some point but i mean i'm glad you brought that up frito because you know 
I think a lot of people feel that way. And I think we're we're obviously biased. And before we get accused of being paid actors, this at least happens once in the podcast. Um, a lot of people aren't huge fans of the free-to-play model. And a lot of people really do appreciate how much fairness Jeff Kaplan brought to his monetization model and how much value your one purchase Overwatch got. And it's not to be forgotten that there's a whole swathe of people who believe that that's a better way of doing it. Now, us as people who actively work in the industry, we can't help but look at the competitors and say, well... Seems like they're doing a lot better. I don't know about you. I think we should do the same thing. But there is a lot of people who feel like, you know, that was the right call. And again, the way his colleagues talk about him, you know, kind of in the same worshipful terms that a lot of the Overwatch community still talks about him is like, yeah, just an absolute legend. So nothing uh, nothing bad on a personal front. But as, as sort of, again, as professionals here, we have to look at the output and say, actually, we think that that wasn't the right call for the business. So that's that front. But speaking of the monetization model we kind of have gotten the free to play and we've kind of gotten some not a full elaboration but an idea of the battle pass the charms the cosmetics the mythic skins so is there anything in there that kind of is particularly interesting to you or are you guys just kind of like yeah i mean that's standard industry stuff looking for a bit more information but was there anything that kind of surprised you or anything that you guys are like this deserves some highlighting what we saw here i'm gonna open it up to the floor if anyone's got anything a lot of people seemed unimpressed with some of the items, and I wonder if they're done yet, because a lot of the Battle Pass images seem to be placeholder, um, and maybe they're not. So, so I, I'm unsure how I feel about that. What we don't want for sure is to make is to feel like there's a lot of filler stuff, and it's my expectation that we won't have that. But if we do, then people are going to be upset. So I surely hope that's not the case, and, and that's being improved. Like, how do you promise such a large number of cosmetics and expand your dev team and not do that for overwatch and and maybe i'm just um too in love with the ip or something but i just think like the writers of the lore and everything put so much work into the characters and like for example they mentioned junker queen named her her uh dagger um for example, it's like when you have things like that, where it's like, well, what does that say about the character? Well, maybe she has sort of a, uh, she has like a deeper relationship with how she expresses her combat and that elevates her over like, you know, Mercy wouldn't name the staff something else. She's like technical and thinking and, and a doctor, right? Like these are different personalities. And once you have characters that have such personality, you would think that you can uh, make cosmetic items or emotes or something that feels suited to them. But if it's that, I think there's going to be a bit of a, uh, let's say, mm, conflict point with that, where if the player is allowed to have more customization over that, then you're sort of losing that um, character immersion. Because if everybody can just put the same hat on and it's the same for every character, well, then now everything I just said doesn't make sense. So I'm unsure where it's actually going to fall. And I lean towards more assuming that they're going to try to keep the character personalities genuine. Because this was a big... Um, like criticism of Team Fortress 2 when they added hats so many years ago, right? Like the tone of the game is now silly because we've all got silly hats and you see them everywhere, right? And that's the way the game's monetized. So rather than having that, like, let's say baseline level of seriousness or the characters being specific, it's like the hats kind of steal the show. So are we going to have that goofy cosmetic game where uh, that's like all over your screen and you, you can't ignore it? Like, I think people would dislike that. Hmm. Yeah, it's a fair point to bring up because, you know, there's customization and there's over-customization. 
Sam or Flats, you guys anything to feedback on that point in particular? This the monetization of the the cosmetics. Well, I mean, for customization, I mean, I think they only alluded to the that Genji skin that they showed is the only one that's truly customizable. Um, I'm sure it's going to be a customizable from like a template. Like you're not going to be able to like individually like draw all over it and like you know like create your own like etch work on it it'll probably be like there's five templates for you can choose from for you know his his helmet his chest piece legs sword you know like whatever it could be like there'll be like a template that you can go from i think but um i think that's more like heirlooms from apex where it's going to be something that is more visually appealing to you as the player not to others and i think that was like that looks like that's their goal um because heirlooms and apex are a big deal everyone wants them but when you're running with somebody or running like near somebody you never look over to see if they have an heirloom like you just don't care like if you just something you notice like if you die and you spectate and like oh they have an heirloom that's cool so i think the skin is, is supposed to be more for the player as opposed for um you know like the goofiness of like what everyone's doing um, so I think they're probably going to try to err on the side of caution of like, you know, like overly vibrant, like super colorful and like, you know, um, like almost stand outy, uh, like skins and stuff. Uh, but everything else didn't seem like it was that over the top. Like, like, it seems like there's different types of weapon and specs. Uh, the charms are small and on your guns. It's like in Valorant, like Valorant, like gun charms don't on someone else's gun, like don't really like affect you. You never even seen them, you know? um banners could be kind of like how in what i thought of as an apex like you'd put down your banners which are like the holograms that pop up i wonder if there's like a banner that you can put down and like you leave it there but it's not like you know what i mean like it doesn't like affect the game in any way it's just something cool um and then there's still the the idea of taunts i i i, I i'm glad there's a few people now that are all now on the train that there's taunts in the game um that seemed pretty cool but it doesn't seem like it's uh it, it's gonna be like overly uh I don't have a better word other than like clowny you know it's like something like where it's just like super over the top like the seriousness of the game is gone i don't think we have that problem yet uh maybe two three three years down the line when maybe you know 10 to 20 characters have customization options how crazy can their customization options get you know it, are you gonna have like bright neon uh like tanks and like they're just like so standouty you can't see anybody else i i I don't know. That's a different problem. Spark then, skins. We have the spark skins pinking around everywhere. Yeah, I mean, like, well, like even even further down that, you know, like where it's just like it's so noticeable. It's like wait, like you know, it's kind of takes away from it. But I don't think we're there yet. But I, I think it's a good concern to have. Sam, what about you? I mean, you've played games with a lot more of these kind of micro transactions already. Um, you know, th from what I saw, there there's the pretty standard about what they presented i'm not more so like surprised or concerned about anything they showed initially because i mean they were gonna give us the customization of like you remember hero bands right then it came out to be hero pools and it was very very sorry frito way way, way more limited right uh <laughs> um so like that looks very standard and i think especially when it comes to designs blizzard is very hands-on so i think they'll give us some control but the main thing that i'm more interested in i'm wondering if they'll do like in warzone i see the armored titan running around all the time and i'm like dude get this kid out of my game like you know i'll be like yeah, this guy's running around like a titan like you know and i'm wondering more so if 
they plan to do collaborations with other bigger projects similar to Call of Duty, similar oh. to Fortnite and stuff like that. And that's the potential. Because look, like these companies and these people, like they think ahead. Like I'm trying to think the way they think because there's no way that that's the only thing that they have up their sleeve. Like I, I think that's a big part of like kind of learning and understanding not even business, but just life in general is like, think about the people who are in charge and how do they think? And there's no way that, especially when the rest of the gaming industry and the rest of the unit internally in the company, they already collaborate with all these other big skin makers and, or, or big, big, uh, not skin makers, big, uh, projects or, or movies or series or, uh, IPs. And I, I'm more so concerned about what comes after the fact, right? Because this is just a template to do more. It's, I'm curious what more actually entails rather than this was uh, what was shown was very standard. So I'm, I wasn't really concerned about that at all. Mm -hmm. any, any thoughts on that? Because I have something to ask as well. Frito Flats. No? Well, so what I was going to ask is that there is one area of concern. I, I agree, Sam. I'm not. I don't think they're going to go overboard on the customization. Like we're just starting and the Mythic skin seems to be the only thing that are customizable. There's only even one announced at the moment. So presumably there's going to be like one a season, maybe more as they go along, but it's not going to be a crazy amount. So I don't think at least for a while, we'll see a bunch of people running around with a bunch of customized skin, which is cool. I think they should be exclusive to some extent. But there is a lot of concern amongst people of the sort of just switching to the Battle Pass formula. I, I, a lot of people have come into my chat and my comments to say, I'm actually really upset about the Battle Pass formula because I think that I like knowing what I can get. And I like knowing that, okay, if there's a new event, these are the skins and I can buy them with coins. I don't like a Battle Pass where I have to play X amount. What if I can't play that much in the season? Do I lose the chance to buy the skin? I'd rather just pay up front and get everything and know it and i can see flats winding up so i'm gonna let flats answer that question to the people who this feel is that my way, favorite take it's my go favorite ahead. take go ahead y'all you know you work right like do you like being paid for your work yeah so what we currently have with our overwatch system is a game we paid 40 dollars for six years ago and have got nothing but everything for free since then that is six years of work, realistically unpaid. Yeah, realistically, let's say like three years. Okay, let's say like, you know, updates for a couple years was normal. After that, the game kind of died. They are they still pumped out the skins and you never had to buy them. Yeah, they have the Overwatch League skins. But guess what? You could watch Overwatch League streams and get them for free. You could get, there was like, you know, there was giveaways on Twitter all the time. There was a million ways to get tokens for any of those. You never had to put a single dollar in. And get even further beyond. People say, oh, loot boxes. Which, by the way, I, it actually irks me. Like, actually irks me when people, like, talk about loot box systems and how, like, predatory they are. And they talk about the Overwatch system. Do you know how many of us have literally tens of thousands of loot boxes sitting there? I, I stopped opening mine a couple months ago. I have, like, 500 or 800 or something like that. Like, somewhere in that range. I know, I think Emong has 3,000, like... It's in, like, I think Jay's got, like, 2,500, like, I can only imagine how people, like, if, like, XQC never stopped playing, he'd probably have, like, 6,000 or 8,000 or something. It is literally the freest system of all time. How you don't get every skin in Overwatch is genuinely you don't play the game. That's it. Like, at all. If you just don't play the game ever, you won't get the skins. And I hear the argument, you know, like, hey, I want to know what I can get. And I totally like, understand that. And most games have a free battle pass and a paid battle pass. 
the free battle pass is a way where you can earn like items like through the game so you still get skins for free and a lot of times actually they're pretty good about it and you can earn start to own like the currency right that currency can then be used to buy the battle pass later on then when you buy that battle pass later on guess what if you keep playing throughout the battle pass you earn more currency and you could buy the battle pass again the next year with that currency as long as you play the game you literally never have to send a dollar spend a dollar and you get everything in the battle pass for free but that's the point you have to play the game if you don't want to play the game why do you think you get to deserve all the skins in the game that someone else has get to work for? Guess what? That's not how the world works. And on top of that, too, if you do want those skins, right? Like, let's say not even in the battle pass, let's say outside the battle pass, because I'm sure there's going to be skins outside the battle pass. You think you deserve those skins as well, just for free to you? Why did why do you get them over someone else that that wanted to pay for them? Like, like the, the artists that work on them, the company that makes them, the reason they have all of the system in place is so that they want to make more content. I would rather have more content than I can pick and choose. I'm like, I like that skin. Don't like those 10. Well, I like that one. And I like that one. I'll buy those three this season. The other 50 can fuck off. Don't care. Don't want them. Guess what? I got three skins I really, really liked. That doesn't make me entitled to the other 50 because I didn't want them. I didn't want to pay for them. Guess what? I can choose not to. And you can too. That doesn't mean you get everything for free. That's just nonsense. That is that is genuine nonsense. Like we have been coddled so much as a community at this point to just like we deserve everything for free. That's why we have no content. That's why no one wants to work on it. Like nobody wants to do work for free and the company's going to be the same way. They're not going to put resources into a game that makes no money. If the game makes a lot of money, guess what? That's why games like Fortnite have all this content and they have new seasons and they, they have collaborations with uh, Dragon Ball and Naruto and Sasuke is running around and 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 all this other shit. How do you think that happens? Because those guys go, oh shit, this is really profitable. So we can make more fun stuff and make more fun content because people are willing to pay for it. Guess what? I have and I like to understand that in our society, if we enjoy something and I want to pay for it, I will acquire it. If I don't want it, I won't pay for it, and someone else can enjoy it. That's how it is. Like it is it is mind-numbing to want to go back to a system where everyone gets this very small amount of nothingness so everyone can have the same thing for free and guess what you know what the favorite part is everyone likes skins because they're unique they're fun they look cool they're great i i love skins but guess what what happens after every event comes out everyone buys all the same skins and puts them on guess what there's no unique skins every season everyone runs runs the same skins because there's nothing else to run have you ever noticed that like after the <laughs> after the recent mercy event like the, the the new remix event every mercy runs the new mercy skin have you noticed that like every ryan player myself included runs the new ryan skin what else are we gonna run the skin from nine months ago it's just boring now like it's just ludicrous it's ludicrous like if i had a sick skin that no one else had guess what i run it and people go well like it's when i ran the um it's why I ran the uh, the BlizzCon skin for so long because everyone's like, "Holy hell, how did you get that skin?" It was a forty dollars skin. Yeah, was it worth it? Not really. But again, it was one of those skins that made people come in and chat and they go, "I've never seen that skin before. How did you get it?" People want it. They realize, like, "Holy hell, that's cool." But I paid for it, so I earned it. You know, like it, it was the price there. No, I I think it was a little overpriced. But I get to make that decision as a consumer. That option was there, and you didn't have to buy it, but I chose to. That's my right. So to say I don't have the right, I shouldn't have the right to buy things I don't want, but because you don't want to pay for them is nonsense. Sorry. Mic drop. 
No, I mean totally. Axe. Hey guys, SCB here. Just going to quickly interrupt this episode of the Group Up Podcast to say that if you're enjoying this content, then please do consider signing up for my Patreon to support me directly. It's really amazing because it allows me to keep making content like this carefree, regardless of how many views Overwatch does or doesn't get. I know no one likes sellout ads, but chances are if you've listened till this far in, then you're at least somewhat enjoying the content. So please do consider at least leaving a like, a subscribe, and a comment underneath the video on YouTube. It really does help. But that's it for me. Now back to the discussion. Now, obviously, it, Frito, is it sort of anything from your end where you're like, I want to I wanna raise a sort of pick point there? Or is it nods nods all along? Mm, I'm happy to let Flats' rant stand, uh, mostly. I did notice as well, the more intensity, I don't know if he tried to do this, but he kept getting squeakier, like as he <laughs> yeah. got more of a bat. And I was trying to see how high he was going to go. Uh, no, that was, that was really good. I, I think like, I would describe it from my personal point of view in a, in, uh, in a, a different way. It's like, I feel uh, in life philosophy as well, I'm both an empiricist and a capitalist. Okay, so get your uh, notebooks out, class. An empiricist, <laughs> I care about empirical reality. So you might have a theory that like, well, see the world as you might dream it to be, or, or don't accept the world as it is, dream to see what it could be, okay? This was Jeff Kaplan's quote on the way out, right? I'm an empiricist where I say, but does it work, okay? <laughs> does it actually produce the results you were looking for? So yeah, we can, we can dream up how to maybe change the world or human nature, or we can lean into human nature, which then the filthy capitalist in me says, I am okay with a little bit of emotional exploitation, actually. So everything Flat said, like, I'm just going to add on that layer of uh, greedy capitalist cynicism on top of it and say, as long as it's not, like, hurting people, I kind of want my desire to be pulled on. I don't, it, what, what we're describing here is, like, false scarcity, for example. Well, false scarcity makes me care more because if i just get everything easily well that now it's like well i get to play overwatch for two days get all the skins um or like a day and a half or whatever it is get all the skins from an event and what's next nothing well now the new model the new strategy and they said this multiple times in the reveal you pay, pay attention to the, the language when it gets when they get a marketing like uh lane the devs are like all on message and they're doing a good job always something to do always something to do Always something to do. Battle Pass, always something to do. Then, then there'll be a new season. There's something to do then too. And then there's a new Battle Pass that comes out and you'll have this new thing and then that new thing. Always something to do. Like I'm getting a t-shirt that says that. Uh, that is the difference to the, the generosity model, let's say, or the, the dream model where they can give you everything and still produce stuff forever. Well, we saw what happened with that, with the hopes and dreams model. The money ran out, so and the game didn't come out soon enough. So uh, I'm I'm like all on board to, to the next one, but uh, I I also try to see it from that fan's point of view, who was told something that turned out to be a lie, which was they could do this forever, and well, they never clarified that. Of course, like if we got clarification ahead of time, like we don't see this as a live service game, and whatever we add to the game isn't that just nice. You never said that. They, they never made that clear. It seemed, why did we all think, well, why isn't there an up, update to Junkenstein? Well, because the way the game was ran was, if we have time for it, you know, we, we wanted to test. Like everything was in that model and that dream model was, let's test an idea, right? And, and this is very good for engineers or people who try to think from base principles or creative types where 
the entire concept almost of the PVE content came from that big archives mission first, or, or, or really Retribution, I think, was like the second one that got much bigger and they expanded it and felt, well, what if there's different characters that you play against and like mini bosses and the interactions, like what's, what's the test case? And they're like, okay, let, now let's take that idea and expand it out. The problem is if you don't have, if you don't live in empirical reality, well, then the timelines get out of control or the expectations or the scope or whatever. And then you can't, uh, mm, there's, when we were talking about like the Titanic and stuff earlier, I'm interested of a journalist picking through all of this to figure this out. What we learned from Bioware, for example, was they had a concept of Bioware magic, which is to say, even if we don't know where we're going, we'll eventually magic it up and just make a new thing that everyone loves. And if you believe that you can do that as Blizzard, because we're Blizzard, and did you know, we're the team that invented World of Warcraft, basically. Like, did, did you know that? Did you know we invented Warcraft, right? The, the, the That game, that redefined PC gaming. So just give us some time, all right? Just, just, just chill out for a sec. Let us do our thing. Well, uh, we waited, and uh, the results we got were yeah. what they were. So uh, th that's like an entirely... Uh, esoteric mirror to everything flat said so i'm like enforcing all his points hopefully with like this uh theoretical uh physics <laughs> of uh understanding the universe yeah i know 100 it's, it's, it's kind of hard for me because i've got to try and play devil's advocate but it's really hard for me when i just like every fiber of my body just wants to reject the ideology that you should be able to get every cosmetic skin without trying or without playing the game and i'm like if you don't play the game why do you care that you don't have the skin but i think for a lot of fans it's about fairness and i think that's what they that's what they're afraid of they're afraid of unfairness and i think that that's a valid concern especially because we're attached to the activision model which often has the label of being a little bit exploitative and people are looking at diablo immortal and wondering if we're gonna be a bit more like was it hundred thousand dollars to get everything in diablo immortal and that has people concerned and stuff like that uh, 110 actually 110, 110,000. Forgot that extra 10K. Right, um, come on, SVB. <laughs> 10, what, what's 10K, another 10K, though, yeah. Sam? If, if I'm already in for 100K, I might as well just spend the extra 10. You know, just whatever. Zero, is that, that how it goes? Well, you yeah. guys don't have 10,000? Yeah. So, uh, I, 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 for I understand. Overwatch streamers, man. <laughs> I understand where people are coming from. But I do think, again, I just concur with your guys' points, which is that you got to remember that it's an ethos shift, and it's like... Earlier, it was enough for them to just get you to play the game because you would have to buy you'd have to buy a copy, and that's it. You, they got your money. See you later, Zucker. The 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 difference now is that because of the free to play model, they have to get us engaged. Have to keep us engaged. It's not enough to get one time attention, and that should hopefully benefit all of us because if they have to keep us engaged, the consist the quality has to be consistent. If the quality falls off, the money falls off, and it all falls apart. So even if you're concerned about well, will I not be able to get all the cosmetics and stuff? I won't get access to all the, you know, physical content, the appearance content. I'd rather be isolated from some of the customizable aspects of the game and get a full game experience than get like a broken game experience where I can have all the cosmetics I want, right? So if I were to err on one side, that's the side I would go on. So any more, any more for any more on the sort of that side of things or if we exhausted all the uh, all that needs to be said. Can we... I, I, can we yeah, I, I thought of a new thing quick uh, on subject, if you're going to change it. So a cool thing for the consumer to, to again, I feel like we were like explaining this to people who, who aren't into it. But the cool thing about this to me is that we actually influence the development actively rather than waiting years for them to develop a new thing. And then hopefully it turns out to be amazing. It's moment to moment. And you with your dollars can say, I'm not buying the next battle pass. You, you added this character that's breaking the game. 
oh, oh, the money's drying up. Remember the whole like, your ears, that's for Zen. Remember that, that impulse? Well, that's what we get now. And now if they screw up the thing or the battle pass isn't good enough or the PVE is underwhelming or whatever it is, that money stream they're depending on to continue the development is they act, it actually goes like this, right? And they have to respond to it as opposed to the uh, Dreams um, strategy where they'll say, well, just let us build it up bigger and then drop it at once. And well, that's not the world we live in anymore. And I think that's for the better. Flats, what were you going to say? I mean, I 100% I agree on that. Um, but can we, can't, like, I understand, like, like the people strife with it, right? Like, but can you look at the other, can we also look at the other side really quick? Like, the good side of PvE? I mean, sorry, mm -hmm. not PvE, uh, free to play? Free to play, yeah. Um, Consider all of the new players that are able to play. So, like, let's say Overwatch has been your favorite game for the last six years, and you're upset that you don't want to pay for all this stuff. Which, by the way, I'm very confident that you'll be able to start earning not everything. You won't earn everything, like, but you can earn what you want um, if you actually play the game a lot. Um, but consider this. Do you have friends that play other games? Do you have friends that you've always wanted to play Overwatch with and you've never been able to? Well, now there's that opportunity for people to play Overwatch and they have zero, uh, like, there's zero backlash. Barrier. If I wanted to play, yeah, there's no barrier to entry anymore. If I wanted to play Valorant, right, like, the, the, way I, the way I played Valorant originally was some of my IRL friends were playing Valorant a lot and they were begging me to play. And I was like, nah, just, it's not my type of game. And eventually I installed it. I played a couple of games and I got off. That was it. But then I went back a few different times, like over the span of like the year. And I, I'd play with them every once in a while. If I had to buy the game, I probably wouldn't have went, you know, like there's no reason for me to go because why am I going to spend 20, 30, 40, $60 on a game that I'm literally never going to play anymore? I'm only playing because you guys have four and you want a five stack because you you know, you don't like playing with someone who's random and always it's like because they play like silver. They're not very good. They're trash. Um, but like they don't like to play with someone different. Like they want to stay as a group. And I'm like, OK, fine. Like, you know, we like getting pulled into it. You can do that with your friends now. You can have people come play the game and try the game. And even further beyond that, you have new people that are playing the game and trying the game all the time. And if you're someone who's a fan of th something like Overwatch League, this is major for your, your Overwatch League fans as well, because there's places in the world that are, just don't watch Overwatch League because people don't watch esports of games that they don't play. Right. Like. Games like CSGO have become so big around the entire world, being as old as they are, but going to free-to-play, they even access new markets that they hadn't been able to get to before. The games like Fortnite and stuff like that, like people can that are from regions where $20 or $60 US is a lot of money now can play the game, right? Like you're, you're, you're shifting from this smaller, you know, local almost market to a global market at that point where you're expanding your player base tens or hundreds of times over that improves your queue times that improves the way you get to play the game of course then people go yeah but then there's more cheaters and smurfs in my game but ah i hear you but did you hear have you heard about what they're doing to play overwatch 2 period you need to have a phone number connected to your account and it has to be a certain type of like registered one i don't remember what there's a term for it but basically, it can't be like a WhatsApp number. It has to be a registered landline, like not landline, a registered phone number, like a legitimate phone number um, to use that account. Post verified, it's called. Um, what that means is that they're trying to actively cut down on bad actors and people that are cheating or constantly toxic and stuff like that. They're hearing you. They hear you. And this goes back to what Frito said. If the money starts to dry up, they got to move. So... This is this gives you more power than you've ever had before. 
I understand the strikes with it, but give it a chance. See what happens because right now in our current games market, especially PVP games, this is the best model because it f causes them to react to what the players want. We don't sit here and have to deal with Brig for two years as high-level players. And low-level players, if you guys are struggling with another another issue like smurfing or something like that, you stop buying skins, you stop playing the game, they have to react as well. The results disagree with people's opinions if they are against it and across the entire industry. And a big thing where anytime somebody mentions more smurfs and more cheaters that's actually not what is, what is put into practice we've been asking for film verification for years because it's in top 500 right now you cannot be on top 500 leaderboards if you are not cell phone verified right so the argument that you will run into more cheaters is actually not true because it's hard to get more accounts you have an influx of natural like new like actual players and not to mention Warzone, which had the biggest cheating problem in gaming history, right? Multiple cheat rings were busted in China that were evaluated at $750 million. And two years later, Activision has figured it out, right? They There's a lot of lawsuits like that, that came out that made these companies shut down. They had their new... Uh, anti-cheat ricochet. And I used to get cheaters like every game in Warzone. Like it was, it was bad. Like there was a game where like probably like three out of four games there was just a blatant hacker and we would probably win maybe like a third of those right but we just kind of stopped playing and it really forced them to figure it out and a year and a half two years later i don't i don't think i've seen a cheater in months i may, maybe one or two and they solved it right so i mean the the one frustrating thing about whether it be from cosmetics people mad about like oh 40 for guaranteed beta access it's like dude like y'all don't know how business works like, if you want good stuff and you want a good product, it has to make money. The best businesses set it up so that it's a win-win-win for the company, the consumer, and I, I don't even know who the third party was, but, you know, regardless. I well, guess us, too. Yeah, yeah, and then the, the content creators, like, it's an ecosystem where everyone's winning, and those are the most successful products in the world. So, listen, you're entitled to your opinion, but all your opinion is not outweigh the results, and that's all there is to it. One small uh, correction, $40 for instant beta access. Oh, sorry, everyone, there, there is guaranteed beta access if you sign mm -hmm. up in time. It just yeah, might I think be it's, I think it's a great. Group. It's a great business model. And one thing I'm not going to sleep on them for, it's been six years, so we all forget just how revolutionary Overwatch's cosmetic system was when it first came out compared to the rest of the industry. There's a good chance, and I'm not, I'm not exactly sure how they would do it, I wouldn't be surprised if we see an even better battle pass system than every other game title has had out there because they did it once, man. Like, it's easy to forget it, but we'll have to wait and see. I'm going to add on top of Frito's clarification at the risk of sounding like a shill. It's also a copy of Overwatch 1 Legendary Edition and the battle pass in Overwatch 2 and a bunch of in-game currency for that. 35 pounds or 40 dollars or whatever it is for the thing so yeah, it's not just it's yeah it's not just for beta access now i think i think there's there's always going to be a drawback of every of every system right and i think that we can't realistically please everyone so for example the phone verification a lot of people said well i don't want to phone verify like maybe i don't have a phone or maybe i just don't like that privacy invasion well unfortunately somewhere you know my retort to that would be somewhere the line has to be drawn like you know we want to combat smurfs but we don't want to make people verify their phones we want to combat cheaters but we don't want a system like valorant where they install a thing on your on your computer and have it running all the time and it's like at some point there has to be a compromise there has to be middle ground and something has to be lost and something has to be gained like either 
we have to bite the bullet because the, basically the more barriers to entry you put into comp the less likely smurfs and alts become right because it becomes harder to make that extra account but it also means it's harder for you in the first place to make your first account so there's always going to be a drawback but you got to ask yourself what do you what are you comfortable losing and what are you comfortable gaining like am i comfortable gaining a system where more people can play because again i know a lot of people have said well they they have yazin has fucking 10 alt accounts in eu top 500 anyways even with this sms verification true but there will always be a, a way around everything like cheaters still find a way in every game people cheat in every game no matter how strict the anti-cheat software is people smurf no matter how how strict the anti-smurfing software is but you can make it harder that's the, it's like crime. You don't, you don't solve crime. You know you can make it less. You're not gonna like suddenly wipe out crime, right? So there'll always be something for us to be upset about. And there's not saying we shouldn't strive for it to be better, but you know we can't you have can a perfect. You can drastically system. reduce it. You can drastically reduce it, and it's a double whammy. When you change two variables of an equation, it tends to sway it really far either side. You're gonna have massive influx of new players plus a reduced amount of Smurfs. The game experience and game quality should go up astronomically. Okay. Anything else to more add on that? We've kind of discussed a lot of the monetization, but I still think there's like it's such an ocean of like discussion on that topic. But if there's anything else, go right ahead. Uh, one one small on. thing I'll say: it's easy for us to speak within our bubble, which has like really defined itself. <laughs> like the the viewers that are still watching our content, this show in particular, the players that are still hanging around. Um, Ed sent me a message about this as well. The truth is. The rest of gaming, multiplayer-wise, is already bought into this. So we're spending time debating this. It's just this is how it's everything else exists. It's already it's already happened. So all the other players that we're going to look to get into this next generation, something I've been thinking a lot about. It's like Overwatch came out six years ago. Like I was in my twenties when I started. <laughs> like, like I'm like you know I had hair, uh, stuff like that, right? And um, much less of a beard though. It's coming in nicely. But um, like think of it like that. Like the there's going to be teenagers who like this, this is their reintroduction to the game. And are they used to all the, uh, you know, history of Blizzard? Are they boomers like me? Do they have all these expectations? No, like this is more speaking their language. So I, I am optimistic that once that we get out of our little insular bubble, that it's going to be received well, assuming all the other things that we said uh, is shored up. 100%. And in a, in a way, I think it's like maybe Overwatch is the last refuge of some of those players, right? Perhaps what we might describe as an old school player who believes that th this is the way it should be and kind of is desperately fighting the new model. I mean, it's funny because if you look at the history of it, like Blizzard kind of did this to other people when they made World of Warcraft. Like it used to be that you just had a, you pay, you know, the box price for a game and then you'd pay the game and that was it. And then Blizzard came along. They were like, hey, guys, what if we charged you like $10 a month for this constantly updating game? Like, isn't that fair? People are like, yeah, that's super fair that we got to pay $10, $10 every month because you're giving us new content. And somehow we went back to Overwatch where they were like, here's a box price and we're still going to give you the content too. And it was somehow this magical, again, it goes back to that kind of magical fantasy almost that we painted. And we lived it for a while. Then our competitors came along with a better formula. And, you know, we had to change again. So I think I think that's just how it goes. It's the nature of the, you know, the market. It's like the market changed, a better, better model came along. We adapt or die. And on yeah. that bleak yep. note, on that bleak note, let's have some optimistic on look at what is coming, at least in the immediate future, what we know is coming. So we got Junker Queen. Uh, let, let's talk Junker Queen first. So we got this new cinematic, which in of itself, I think, is a huge deal. Like, 
I, I think everyone loves the cinema. I don't think there's a person alive who isn't like the overall cinematics are freaking great. So we got Joker Queen. Let's just talk about her. How do you guys feel about her? Either her lore, her appearance, her kit. What do you think? Sam, I'm going to go to you first. I'm going to be playing her a lot. I can tell you that. I will be inting games on that character. Um, I'm Honestly, I'm really curious how she'll pan out, right? Because this is the first tank that's new, like, like truly new. Like Arissa, like is new. Doom Tank Fist is new. But Junger Queen is like the first like 5v5 tank. And you can see a big difference between, like, say, how Reinhardt was designed, like, in the original game, like, like a tank, and this tank. So, obviously, wounding and being able to anti-heal as a tank has my eyebrows raised a little bit. Um, <laughs> uh, but, you know, I'm glad that, like, you just, you can't be bad and dominate a lobby passively. And that's my biggest fear ever since I have nightmares about a launch break, man, like... You know, it's um, my biggest fear is something like that will happen, uh, but I, I, it does not appear to be the case with Junker Queen. Um, I think she might be like a better version of Doomfist, but I can't quite tell if she's going to be a dive tank or a rush tank. I think she's going to be competing for more of that rush tank spot because I don't think that she has much vertical mobility like a dive tank kind of needs, like a Winston or a, or a whatever. So to be honest, I'm not entirely sure how she'll pan out because if... If she's meant to be like kind of a brawl tank, right? Is her not having a shield to help her team? And like, could Orion just walk on her, right? Like, it's kind of like when I was playing Reinhardt on Overwatch 2, like against an Orissa or a tank that's meant to be brawly that didn't have a shield, you know, you can get free shatters. You can get like, you know, there's there's a couple different win cons that may make her inconsistent. I will say at a base level, though, for the general populace, I think that she's going to be a very fun character to play. I think that, you know, very proactive. She's going to have, I, I think this, she's going to have a very, very long-term learning curve in the same way that I think that it took the community a year or two to really learn what Doomfist was capable of in the, in the DPS category. I think the same thing is probably going to be true for her. And like, you're going to have to learn the text, the setups, it's going to take a little bit of time. I give it, Maybe six months, but I, I don't think she'll be very good if Babzen are hard meta like they apparently they are now right now. I think that she needs like not Babzen to be like really, really good. And then if it's not like a really poke heavy meta, I think she'll be able to really thrive. Yeah, it I've feels like she's... Say, but... Go ahead, Frito. All right, there was a gap there. <laughs> no, you go. Uh, yeah, so I think there's two angles to look at all heroes now in Overwatch 2. And there's going to be, I think, a normal lobby based meta which let's just call the deathmatch meta and then there's going to be the i understand the teamwork of the game meta which is in either pre-mades or high level competition now you might say that someone existed in overwatch one as well but due to the rpg stats and the natural synergies things had you could kind of just put two shields together when it was good or something and kind of it ran it was a bit of paint by numbers with the uh, team comps in that same way a character like orisa a lot of those average players thought she was amazing. Um, and when I had the opportunity to have a guest spot in the Overwatch League, I made a prediction that Orisa would get zero playtime in the kickoff clash tournament. I was actually wrong. She got played for one round where everyone laughed her off the stage and she was useless, right? For basically the reason Sam's saying. And to me, I think comparing to Doomfist actually probably is the incorrect uh, one because I think Doom is a dive tank similar to Winston. Uh, I think... 
what Blizzard is trying to do is create a new archetype of a of a rush tank. But to me, if you don't have that shield like Ryan does, he'll just always be able to usher his team in who have the real abilities that win the game, like an anti-nade. And that's sort of the problem with Orisa, where how do you beat a team that plays around your cooldowns? Flats is a good way of explaining this as well, where Orisa is a bit of a waiting game. I'll steal his phrase there, where she doesn't have her cooldowns. She's just this big target. Whereas Ryan can get value for his whole team by pushing that shield in, and then they can land value on, on the enemy. So the question is, do you need to play around her to get value with her, uh, like Orisa? Or if it's a bit of a deathmatchy game anyway, and no one's really working together, then she'll work. So I think these characters are fine to exist in the game because most players play the game like that. That's what they're going to experience Overwatch 2 to be. And it'll take a while before they learn the actual flowchart of what team comps should be doing, um, which we've already seen play out quite a bit in the Overwatch League so far. There's, there, that's one awesome thing that maybe uh, uh, we can talk about more. In, uh, I have a lot to say about that, just watching how the strategies have been leapfrogging each other. But um, I think she's fun to play, and um, I'm concerned that she's just kind of bad when you know how to counter her, I guess, because she just kind of stands around. Uh, commanding Shout is like the, the thing that helps her tank by giving more speed and armor to everybody, but otherwise she's similar to the Risa where she's got to get on you, and she's only got the ults to really close the distance as far as I remember. And she's got a Roadhog-esque ability, and we know how we feel about that character, right? So it's like, she's Orisa and Roadhog, as to say, uh, she deathmatches. Uh, but uh, so unimpressive, unimpressive from a meta standpoint, I think, but a fun character to add. And they can add infinite number of these, and it's yeah. unoffensive to the game. Because it's, it's not like, oh, you pick this and you win. Well, no, you just, you run around and fight things, and if you have the mechanics, <laughs> you'll do well and have a good time with the game, which is why I love 5v5 so much. But I think I've said a million words on that subject. Everybody knows why that's the case. Like, the casuals will love this gameplay once they actually get to play the game. <laughs> Flats? Um, I'm, t I'm torn between she's going to be useless or broken. I don't know. And I feel like that's a good thing. <laughs> I don't know. Like, she has so much utility. It's insanity. But if she is a brawl tank, I don't see her beating and, and to be honest with you this is where i think it's i understand i kind of saw where doom was being played not like kind of as a brawl tank in in uh in a rush league um uh, it was like a mobility brawl tank at certain points um then there were certain teams that ran ryan and a lot of teams ran winston um for the more dive comp and then doom was like the hybrid like he would either run dive but most of the time it's mostly dive but like there were a few teams that tried like rush-esque doom um but i think that uh yeah, I think she's going to be like a great solo queue tank because she just does everything on her own. Um, and that like pseudo hook, uh, you know, pseudo hook pull that also causes bleeding. Um, and also she has like health regen. So it's like or or she has like overshield or, or some kind of health regen overshield type of thing. So, like, she can kind of be, like, self-sufficient. It's like a Roadhog, and Arissa, I think, is a great analogy for those two. Um, but in team play, I'm not really sure. I think I think her whole kit will come down to, like, how she uses her abilities, and it will take a long time to figure out how to use those properly. But, like, for example, in the trailer, remember they showed, like, when she uses her ultimate and she, like, dashes through everybody? There is never a chance there are five people standing together mm -hmm. like that. Like, we don't play goats no more. Like... 
even in even in Russian and brawl, like we don't stand five five stocked in a hallway, like unless you're catching us in rotation. And then we fucked up, like like you know, like like we had to make a mistake to do that. You know what I mean? So I don't think she's gonna have an ultimate that gets five players. It gets one maybe, and it doesn't look like it's controllable either. Like she like sets up, does like the whirly gig thing, and then shoots through, and it's like. Most players have movement abilities and they see, oh, she's looking straight at me. Time to go that way. You know, and it's like, oh, well, uh, it's kind of like toroing a bull, you know, and it's like, oh, well, dodge that. Mm-hmm. He's clap, you know. Um, so I don't think she's going to be like that good. Uh, she just looks broken on paper. Uh, yeah. And I think it's kind of like how some of the other reworks and characters have looked as on paper. They look broken. And then in testing, it's hmm, this could use some help. Yeah, I 100%, 100% agree. 100% agree. Because it like, also the other thing about the spinny ult is, can you shoot her while she's doing it? Because that just feels like a bad charge then. Because it's like, if she's standing there for like a second spinning around and there's a Widowmaker, it's just like, oh, okay, then dink. That's like, what, 400, 400 damage or whatever, potentially, if there's like, especially if there's like Mercy or a Discord. So it just feels like, yeah. The score, right-click headshot. <laughs> well, it literally, it's just like, oh, good job. Good try, mate. Like, you know, because you still got to be a mile away. So, yeah, I I think she's probably only going to be played on the kind of maps where there's very narrow areas. Like, I'm thinking like Lijiang Control Center kind of areas where it's yeah. like you can actually have that radius where people can't be too far away. Because, honestly, she feels kind of hoggy. Again, the hog analogy is good. Where it's like, I feel like she's hog plus the new Risa plus Ryan in some ways where it's like... Yeah, okay, in theory, I can hook you, and I can do a lot of damage, and I can get in and bleed, and I can self-heal. Yeah, but Sleep Dart exists, bro. Like, And now what? Or Antinate exists. Like, Ana literally exists, bro. Ana exists. You're useless now. Like, you looked at her. You have nothing to deflect the sleep. See you later. Or you have nothing to deflect the nade. See you later. So it's like, I'll remain to be seen, and I definitely think she'll be a pub stomper. Um, but unless I feel like you, cor- you like actually play around her, like... And I know somewhere Nateson's crying right now. Nateson's like raising a pitchfork. Like I told That's you, why I'm smiling. <laughs> yeah, I told you, SVP, like the problem is Anna. <laughs> like that's Nateson Nate, somewhere. Nate's gonna come back like in like out of nowhere. We're we'll like, yeah, maybe Anna's like too good in this game. And he's like, I told you guys for five years. Like. I'm just gonna make fun of him for being a hog player, and then we'll leave it at that. You know? <laughs> well, all the hog players know this trauma. All the hog players know this trauma. I mean, I I think as well. Like, it's it's. I agree with Frito. Like, it's all good to have these kind of heroes in it. So where it's like, because someone in bronze would be like, "This hero's broken. Like, they just walked all through us and anteed all of us with this ultimate, and then she healed herself." And it's like, yeah, man. But then if you just stand five meters away, she's like, she's garbage now. Good job. So yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. Maybe yeah. I'll be wildly wrong, and maybe she'll just be broken as hell. But at the moment, my gut instinct is Anna exists. Therefore, this character is unpickable. Um, but see, it's still something. Uh, it's still something to be. Ex- Go ahead, Fredo. Yeah, I I, th- I thought of two things I, I wanted to say. Uh, I kind of said it earlier, but to me, the most important thing for this game to succeed is that for the ninety percent of players that play the game, that it feels playable, right? And and, and to SVB's point, it's like. Yeah, there's a lot of wacky things that, until you learn, destroy you in Overwatch. But that's part of the fun, too. Because as opposed to feeling, well, we didn't have a team comp that protected us against this, and my team weren't working together, and like, like just the learning curve of going through that, it's like individualized, and you can um, go through the ranks, and then eventually when you get up to a certain tier, then you're like, well, yeah, obviously, like there's only a few archetypes of comps that we can run that will have the teamwork to, to, to beat that out. And I, I think there's no way... Of getting around that another angle i wanted to talk about this from is uh and i probably um am hitting some bingo card but uh i like comparing to, to dota a lot 
Ah, uh, there's a freaking bingo card again. Oh. You already <laughs> hit your power like... break. When you already hit your power when you mentioned break, Sam. Uh, <laughs> ah, I want break. Uh, <laughs> in Dota, it's like the... I, we, we need more terms, essentially, of, of characters and terminology and tags. And the, the cool thing that we're seeing now, finally, with the new characters, like, well, in the old design of Overwatch 1... I don't know if we would have got another lifesteal character or anti-heal character or whatever, or mini Roadhog hook character. She's, she's like, a, she, her ability set is sort of taken from these other concepts and um, beating a dead horse on this. But the reason why I, and I think many of you guys, uh, if not all, think this is good is because then you can make the game consistent around mechanics that we like, as opposed to, everything's got to be a new mechanic and you play an entirely new game. Well, now the new game is double shield and enjoy that or, <laughs> or, or whatever. Right. Right. Instead of that, it's like, there's different versions of things we already like. Um, so I'm excited for seeing that happen. And I, I wonder what that means for like a character like Reaper who had some main tank esque properties now. And that now that you can see that now actually in the tank category and um, yeah, to, to sum that up, I think, she functionally will feel like playing against Orisa uh, for the average players, and they'll struggle for the same reasons because she's a huge bait target where drawing aggro means she gets more value because it's like, oh, you're all fighting me? Well, now I leaf life leech on all of you in the same way that a Reaper spinning through your team with an ult, it, it does the same thing, right? Like like you being too close together and focusing him kind of is, makes some focus fire problems. And it's easy for us to sit here and like solve it and be like, well, just shield and Ana, and then it's countered. But it's like, well, the average player doesn't have any of that. So how do they individually do with it? So anyway, um, I, I'm optimistic towards what it'll do to the game, but also what we can look forward to seeing. Um, also thinking to the support hero, which uh, when we talk about like ability consistency, it's it's effectively um, announced at this point that when you see green on the feet, that means speed boost, right? So anytime a character's doing that, you'll visually see that, which I also think helps to like, the identity uh, of the game. Whereas maybe Ana used to be the unique character who antenated you. Well, now we understand another hero can have that debuff, but does it in a different way, as opposed to Overwatch 1, where each character was kind of reinventing the game. Uh, now we're, we're within uh, the parameters of the mechanics we want to use. And that's an exciting place to be, in my opinion, for a esports style game, as opposed to the like um, more creative, let's say, and imaginative design that Overwatch 1 was shooting for. 100%. And that's how we got Orisa 1.0, is the point. Like, we all remember how that happened. It's like, like they, they're like, let's imagine a new Reinhardt. How would, the, well, now you just hide and the game's about hide and go seek. It's like, well, we that's not fun. <laughs> so you pull people uh, from the next door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's actually something I, I kind of tried to ask the devs about when I got the chance to talk to Jeff and, and Josh, which was like, are you cool with hero overlap? Because, you know, you've, you know, conceptually Overwatch is like, we're going to make a new thing that redefines the whole thing and change the game all up. And that's all great. But like you said, Frida, that can cause a lot of problems. And I prefer knowing what Overwatch is and then just kind of playing around with it and having the set archetypes that we like. Another thing that they also mentioned when we were talking, which I know some people who alarmed a lot of people was like, if something is kind of broken and people don't like it, we like to nerf, we like to like nerf it essentially. I think you know Jeff gave the example of like we made Torb kind of meta for a while and people were like holy moly like that's too much let's let's tone it back. And some people took offense to that where they were like ah they're trying to 
nerf off meta stuff and like why why nerf off meta stuff like that's they shouldn't balance around the fun people have but i kind of disagree with that like I, I i do think that like if people don't like playing against a thing it's a video game meant for fun like surely we don't want to force it because like ah oh, but the strategic depth of this thing is great it's like well are you here to have fun or is this fucking chess like if you want to really like ultimate strategic experience go fucking play chess but we're here to have a video game for fun so i don't want to play up against double shield torb even if you think it's a strategically you know superior composition but what do you guys think like because that you know we haven't had a chance to talk about that since then like either those points about hero overlap or like because I think these are all going to be applicable when we start getting into Overwatch 2, when Junker Queen comes out, and we have to start making these considerations. Flats, your wagon. So I have a small... Uh, I, I agree with you. I have a small strife with this. Um, because uh, I was directly affected by this. And I... And maybe this is an ego thing, but I feel like I'm a very fair person uh, in terms of balance. Back in the day, when, when they introduced the idea of having the Reinhardt passive... Uh, they put it at 50%, and I was like, whoa, this uh, this is strong. Like, this is too strong. Like, you guys got to tone this back a little bit. And then they put it back to 30, and I was like, yeah, 30 is a little weak. Maybe, like, 40, but, like, you know, hey, you know what? It's fine. It's whatever. Um, And then eventually they ended up buffing 550 armor, like 550 total, uh, and damage. And when they did that, it made Rhine giga meta. So, like, it went from double shield to giga Rhine meta. And everyone's like... You know, like the charts were basically like Arisa and Sigma played like 60% of the time in GM plus, uh, and it went to one like 95% Reinhardt, right? And like I understand that, but there's also a second part of that. The secondary part is not only was it the best comp, it was also fun to play. And I felt like a lot of times in Overwatch One, they balanced based on pick rates and based on how the hero is picked and played in uh in whatever elos, like they're looking like, you know, if they're looking at GM, it's like, oh, like you know, this hero has never played, like, maybe we need to give them a look, you know what I mean? And Ryan, especially, was one of those characters, like, in low ranks has played a ton, but in high ranks hasn't played at all. Uh, and I realized that uh, the reason they hard nerfed him was because his pick rates were so insanely high, but they also nerfed BAP along with that, and I was like, okay, listen, like, I'm all for BAP nerfs, but if you do both, you just kill the whole composition, like, it's dead. And so that's why I used to get, like, really frustrated, because there's sometimes support changes that change how uh, like a whole game is played from a composition wise. And Ryan, I was like, okay, if you want to nerf Ryan, that's fine. Take away the damage. Like the damage was a little too much. Then they took away his health. And I was like, this, that wasn't the point. The point was that he could never get there to do damage. So now we took away the way to get there. And we just made his knife a little sharper. Like, like this doesn't make any sense, like in any way, shape or form. Um, so kind of like what I'm, what I'm getting at is with like, there was never any more balance around like certain heroes like Winston Diva, um, Ryan Zarya, uh, Genji, uh, Soldier, like like things that like the community deems as fun, Ana, etc. Even though they were realistically the weaker picks, like Ana is weaker in many ways than BAP in current live Overwatch, right? Like the the only uh, only outlier is either against Hog comps or against. Um, or playing with double bubble slash Winston cops because you're just Winston nano and that's the only play you have. But they wouldn't balance or make adjustments to those heroes because the pick rates were higher. But the pick rates were higher not because they're good, but because they were fun. So like some of these heroes that were very far behind and it's like, you know, a step or two behind other characters around them wouldn't get balance or wouldn't get any attention because their pick rate is similar to someone else that is much stronger 
people were picking the hero that was fun a lot of times and making it work because they were good at the hero and they had they were like they enjoyed playing it as opposed to picking Bat Brig or Brig Zen or whatever it is and just insta winning, you know, like it was kind of both a player psychology of I don't want to play Bat for the 12 hours a day for the last next two years. I'm sick of it. Like I want to play some Ana or I want to play some Zen or I want to play some Lucio, you know, like and those things I don't think we're always accounted for um, in their data. So I hope to God going forward when they when they look at heroes that are, you know, like being played they take into account player psychology of maybe ryan is 50 percent with orissa even though orissa is thought of as absolutely sleeper i want to go to sleep i never want to touch this game again they're the same pick rate because orissa is so much better than ryan that nobody wants to play it like accepting that certain heroes are going to be played more by the community is a fine thing and don't like nerfed them in the ground because people enjoy playing them, if that makes sense. Yeah. And that goes for like a, a lot of different things. I was just saying Ryan, but like it applies to like Ana, Genji, et cetera, you know. Well, yeah, I think the, I think the gripe people have is where they're like, oh, you know, because I, I think some people looked at it and interpreted it as like, ah, they're going to buff the heroes that get picked the most. So it's like a pay to win almost like you know the heroes like let's say if it's mercy is the pick the most or anna is picked the most we seem to have a lot of problems with anna these days people say you know oh see uh, people pick anna so you're gonna make anna strong to pander to your audience and it's like i can understand that pov but in the, the day again it's not about making a hero broken but if a hero is unfun more particularly even rather than just the fun it's like if a hero is unfun and people are like this hero's existence in the meta makes me want to not play the game then you've got a problem whether you believe that the hero is fair and balanced or not which is again i think what the point was whether the devs believe it's balanced or not if the community is like this is unfun i i'm 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 with the philosophy that like we should nerf that thing cuz nobody likes it even if you think it's fine but i'm a let frida or sam kind of vibe off of any of that hero overlap as well be something we mentioned i think i kicked it off so sam, sam if you have something you go um I, I i think it's i really like that we are starting to get away from it has to be something brand new because here's the thing like i i talked about this in a maybe it was a couple podcasts ago like the we were like the means as to how you get to something is almost more important than like whether or not it's the same as something else. I, I'm not, I'm, I forget what argument or, or, or what subject we were talking about when I said that, but, you know, like, the way, like, Junker Queen and, and Ana both anti-heal something, right? Like, the, the destination and what happens at the end of the interaction is the same, but the means as to how they apply that effect are completely different, and that still allows for very diverse gameplay that is fun to play, right? Like I think I, I think the example I use is like you're traveling from New York to Los Angeles. One person's going on a plane, one person's driving a car, one person can ride a bus, et cetera, et cetera. You're going to end up in Los Angeles, but the way that you get there is very, very different. And people will say their experiences based on how they traveled were very, very different, right? So I I've, I think in the past, you know, we saw we looked at it and said oh, well, if we're going from New York to Los Angeles, it's it doesn't matter how you get there. Like, at the end of the day, the destination is the same. We don't want to have people go to the same place, right? But now we're looking at the kids saying, okay, well, the means as to how we do it are different, so therefore it is a different experience in the eyes of the consumer, so we can go ahead and do that. And I like that a lot. That makes it way easier to add more content to the game that's actually fun, that 
keeps things spicy without like running out of ideas until we eventually end up with double shield bat brig and it's just like okay well how can we do this differently so I, i'm really happy to see them experiment with these ideas and at the same time we're also seeing new abilities for the first time have we seen well i guess we have reaper kind of had lifesteal as well but on a tank it's it's definitely uh, yeah, on a tank it's, 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 wouldn't, it's, it wouldn't be an overwatch one right that would be wet widely overpowered in overwatch one yeah 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 we're so like, like Eh, not even good enough. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I like it a lot. I think it's going to make the game very different. And, you know, I've, I've kind of talked about this. I think that, you know, the approach to hero design really, really got stagnant post, like, 2018, especially, like, with AoE healing just getting out of control. It seemed like, we're, you know, no need to bark up that tree because, you know, it doesn't matter anymore. Um, I really like what I've seen from them, though. Like, And generally, I, I tend to be very, very critical Um it, like historically of a lot of the things that you know that they've done but I, I i like what i see i like the different approach you're gonna have to hash it out a lot until you get find the right place but other games are doing it at least they're out there putting out new stuff and i i really like what i see i really really like the way they're going about it i just thought of something that's on the subject so uh i've been holding back like this massive uh like research that i've done into like the overwatch league and how comps have been interacting how pros are figuring out the game Mainly because, well, twenty to play it, so it's not going to teach anything useful. But um, also, the game's changing. So I'll try to give like a, a really quick um, summary of my findings uh, that that's going to apply to here. Uh, one cool thing about Overwatch Two so far is that I think it, it, it's really showing you the the pros have anyway how you can force your style to work in the asymmetric combat of of the game, and the reason for that is because you can the way the objectives work in Overwatch, you can choose to take fights that are good for you, and because you only have one tank, you will always be counterable to something. So if the enemy gets the, if they're countering you, let's say, and you have it's a it's a asymmetrical team comp matchup, they're almost always better in certain ground or in certain circumstances, and you vice versa. So fighting for those spaces becomes paramount. Um, it gets a little more obvious to me. When we think about neutral versus the ult fight, um, a cool thing that I noticed about, let's say, like the Doomfist comps in the Overwatch League, it almost felt like they had to play uh, a character like Echo because Doom is so without lacking interactions in the ult fight. Whereas um, if you have a Ryan or or something with a shield, you actually can block an ult coming in. But if you have an Echo, that's going to give you a lot of flexibility in the ult fight, like like transforms it. So. I'm I'm noticing these like little branching paths that are creating like new reasons to have team comp formations. Like we may have thought in the in the past, like Overwatch one comps, you need things that stack together, right? And while that still exists in many ways, there's also ways that are like, well, we need to be able to interact and absorb a fight, come back in, have an interaction piece. So we don't, uh, although we're low on Junker Queen, it's like maybe at some point someone's going to find this big anti-heal ability in the ult fight and it like interacts with something that we're not foreseeing at this moment like the neutral looks weak because you're just walking around like a hog and it's like well hogs easy to deal with so probably not that great but uh you know we, we never know right where we're like uh or, or another example is like um doomfist in the ult fight one of the biggest plays he can make is he does have a stun so if he lands a stun on your tank as they ult maybe you interrupt that so like there's those little um i always like to call them like pressure points essentially in, in in the matchups where you have a play to land and you have to land it in order to win and 
um, the jury's out on a lot of these interactions. We're still learning the game, and uh, as long as they don't break it as they keep adding pieces to it, uh, I'm happy to uh, go, go along the ride. So um, I don't know if that was useful or if we've arrived anywhere, no. but um, that's what I had there. Plenty more to say on this, and I'm still like learning myself, but um, it's, it's, it's interesting because it's just um, I'm impressed with how well it's going so far. Uh, the next stage of Overwatch League, um, I haven't watched so much yet. <laughs> so maybe that's a little more solved now that like Sojourn's getting played and really good and stuff. But um, it's a promising sign at least when um, late into a patch, they're still playing different comps and still like one-upping each other and 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 pulling it out. Um, there's arguments that that's bad for competitive integrity because it's like, well, you walk out on a counter comp and you kind of win. And you always there's a rock paper scissors aspect. Well, you guys know what my solution to that would probably be. If only there was a way. It's never been invented, but of course. But if there's a way that you could know the comps that were going to be played on a map ahead of time, I, I, I you know, have to dream up what that is. We got to go back to the hopes and dreams. I think. I think the only way is if you equally remove heroes from the pool, right? Like that's the only solution that we could even try. Um, and it failed, so it must be a bad idea. Bingo. Yes. <laughs> You're Can welcome. I see this bingo card? Can I see this bingo card? <laughs> yeah, I'll I didn't actually it say it May though. I? Does it count? It's if in, I allude in... to it, does it still count? <laughs> I don't know. I, I haven't set a rule set. I'm gonna link it in our group DM. Like, but yeah, Do you, is this no. getting new every? Is this new every time? No, we need to. We this... need to. We need to create like a new set every time. I think I forgot to do it on this one, but. I can read from Flash tells the story. <laughs> oh, Samito anti brig talk has been ticked. Uh, uh, Flash yeah. tells the story. SCV mentioned the word philosophical. Goats, we mentioned power goats. creep. We did see power MOBA, creep. We mentioned mobas. Free, Free to, to play. play. Hero bands. So, oh, we're about to get it. Asking people to get good. Did we do that yet? Not yet. Nobody's mic cut out. I Rant mean, against viewers slash chat behavior. We definitely done that a couple times already. <laughs> yep. You didn't mention some Minecraft yet. You didn't mention Minecraft yet, Sam. There's Hero shooter. No need. That's we got Ghost. favorite. COD comparison. We've kind of done those. Solo queue complaints versus team queue. Yeah, Q. we did. OP character I'm... complaint. No, that's Nate Sanzana. We've taken yeah, a lot true. of boxes. We we kind of we're, we're predictable, guys. It's pretty predictable. Mm, yeah, the sad tragedy well. of it. But you know, I agree with everything Frito says. Like it's just it's cool to see a different evolution of Overwatch. And it's great. I, I'm always, like, surprised by how good 5v5 has gone in, like, how seamlessly it's kind of just worked. Which is, I'm sure the devs are very happy about as well. Now, moving on, we're kind of talking about this new tank. There's been this illusion, this new support. And I've seen a lot of support players upset as well that, well, they haven't gotten a new support for a while. So any any thoughts on this new support and the poverty of the support character roster? Flats, I see. I see your eyes kind of ready to roll. I have zero sympathy for those support players. Zero. Y'all literally have dominated the game for literally years, and the tank role was actually a, we. My role of main tank literally went extinct. Like we died off, and nobody cared. Not a single one of you came up and like, oh, I think that like. You know, the whole role of main tank becoming not a thing anymore is pretty unhealthy for the game. Like, we should look into that. No, everyone just like. So I have zero sympathy for you anymore. I'm sorry. You know what? The support role, I actually thought going into Overwatch 2 was strong. At day one, when I played, I went, whoa, support's pretty good. It's pretty strong. 
But you know what you didn't get? You didn't get the fun reworks. You didn't get a new character. You didn't get all this, like, you know, oh, you didn't get the shiny new toys the other roles got. And I feel for you on that part. That part's fair. But to then go, well, support's just terrible. It's it's trap. Have you watched any Overwatch League? Like, literally all the fights are won by support players. Like, like crucial nanos, anti-nades, like, you know, speed boosts and, like, like timing, like, their ultimates. Like, that is literally how this, the support players literally have dominated, or at least were dominating, the beginning of Overwatch League. Like, like what like support players that just they they knee jerk in every direction because they wanted something new and shiny but you didn't need anything new and shiny because you've already been power crap for the last six years like everyone else had to catch up to where you're at now we're all starting the race together i understand i understand wanting new content but get good shitters like come on like 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 i'm sorry but boo freaking who your role ruined the game for years is still obnoxious we ha we had to change formats twice to balance your role y'all can suck up a couple months of not i guess it's been a couple years longer a couple months longer than everybody else to get a new hero that's probably gonna be broken like you know like I, i'm not i'm not getting my hopes up on that one right but like look at this point, we know it's going to come out. I, I I get it. We have sentiments, right? But I think also, like, to be completely honest, it's really important for them to ha spend the time figuring out how to get current supports to work well for all players in Overwatch 2, as well as figuring out how to have tanks work. Like, in terms of the priority, unfortunately for you guys in this circumstance, like, I get it, but... I while supports are the most meta-defining role in the game in its entire history and even going forward too, like whatever, like supports will almost always define the meta, in my opinion. If, if it's not a support, it's a tank, unless the DPS is unbelievably broken, uh, which is very rare to see that happen. Um, I, I get that. I do understand the sentiment of wanting content for your role, so I'm not going to bash on anybody for that. Like, dude, of course you want content for your role. That's totally fair and understandable, but it... it what's even more fair and understandable is that we had to figure out the game first. Like we just had to. And and when that, the role that has been the most game breaking role, arguably in like, I would say that the broken support characters in overwatch one's lifespan might be the most overpowered characters to ever come out in PVP games. They're up there like moth mercy launch brig. Like some of those characters, surely they're up there in the top 10 of like some of the most broken, like, unfair competitive integrity ruining characters ever made in in games I, I you know we should make a list one day like I, i'm very curious like in terms of the biggest scope of gaming like what are the most broken things that come out and be like that stayed that you know what i'm saying like that would be really interesting to see but look i feel for y'all wanting new content but y'all had to wait um listen we're we're all in this drought together and it's it's we're coming out of it now and in the meantime whatever tough boohoo get over it let's go <laughs> uh, like, like, come on come i feel like on. you said like, once when you get your support hero yeah i feel like you said get good shooter just to hit the bingo card on purpose there sam but i appreciate that i, appreciate I mean no nah, i just really wanted to say it too i won't lie i'm gonna channel my converted support man and say look uh, you know just, just what about the what about the on honorable support player who doesn't play brig and bap and just trudging along on poor old Moira, poor old Lucio. Spare thought for our Lucio homies who's sitting here crying their eyes out like, bro, give me something else. Give me a different speed support. I'm waiting all these years. They were waiting for Fox Girl coming along. That's fair. To, 
So I, I, I do feel for the support players because I think having a choice of seven is pretty lame. But again, mm. hopefully we'll we'll get there soon. And I think it does speak to, even though we haven't gotten new supports, it does speak to how well-rounded the support roster is that even though seven, I think encapsulated a, a good range of play styles and a good oh, range yeah. of strength. So that they didn't like they didn't need it desperately the way the tank desperately needed other types of tank to be viable before unless the game would just become miserable. Well, tanks swapped to a single format, so like the whole dynamic changed. So it needed rework. So like it got one new hero, which was Doomfist, which was just a swap from DPS category to the tank category and reworked it. It's not like we got some fun new toy. We just had to readjust the way all the old tanks played. Like, like realistically, we just got quaked on. We just got quaked it's on. It's not in roster. that different. Like, yeah, it's they had to change all the way they all worked. Of course, it's now a single format. If the support role became a single support role too, the same thing would have happened, but to the tank role in reverse. Like, I think it's 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 a little ludicrous to compare the two because I hear you, but like think of it realistically. If you went from the same tanks from six to five, they would have all been terrible. They all had to be changed in some form or fashion. And one hero from the DPS category got changed over to the, the tank category. We didn't get anything new. We got changes. If it was a single support role, yours would have been the same thing. And it would have been the tank players complaining. Unfortunately, there was only six tank players left. Frito, anything to add before we move on as the Lucio main amongst us? So um, when I thought I had to keep playing Overwatch 1 a few weeks ago, uh, I, was, I was grinding ranked again a bit. And I will attempt to, to stand up for what is being lost here. And the truth is, playing support behind two tanks is such a relaxing experience. <laughs> it, it, you have you just have no idea how little pressure is on you when you just understand the basics of spacing and it's so empowering to just like not have to interact with the enemy most of the game if you have the basics of how to avoid danger at all. And uh I love free SR. I will play Brig, <laughs> I will play BAP. I will make sure my BAP lamp is untargetable by the enemy. And I will tactically tell my team, I have no skill. Stand around this invulnerability matrix field that is untargetable by the enemy behind a shield, and we can't lose. Or I will play Brig, and I will camp a position and tell my team, just pocket me, and we can't die. And that happens. And it's amazing. And it's so empowering. And I'm so thankful to the RPG team comp builder gods for all this SR that just gets showered upon me. All, all this free skill tier ranking leveling up just by a few basics. And all of that passive aggressive rant there is just like, I do feel for you that the game lied to you this whole time and told you it was okay and acceptable to provide so little and uh, gameplay for so much value. That's not the world you live in anymore. So, so, they deserve content and deserve like a in 5v5 they're going they took great aims to say this is what tank is all about now right it, with all the features and or the aspects of the characters what you can expect from them they didn't do a good job of saying what's expected of supports now right and instead a lot of players walked into overwatch 2 
wondering where their tanks were and why they couldn't just be alive. <laughs> oh, I'm getting shot at. Oh, this is horrible. I hate this. And, and th this is why you get flat say, well, yeah, I know getting shot at sucks. That was my whole job. You told me to stand in front and get shot at. And then like, if you miss your nade, I just die. Oh, that's great, right? Like, like this is what's so frustrating about trying to learn main tank over the years in Overwatch 1 was so much of what you did it mattered, does your Ana know you have to nano me now, right? It, it, or or do I need to be somewhere else? And that's infuriating as a learning as a tank player that was trying to play the team game because if Ana decided to just go duel something she didn't need to fight or wasn't paying attention or dropped line of sight or misuses her nade and tosses it into a Rhine shield or something or whatever it was, your entire existence changes. And you see this anytime that we do any of these like... Uh, uh mixed lobbies of different skill tiers i notice where like you'll see like if a gm player is holding a position with a plat level ana their expectations of where they can go is just like entirely different and it, so anyway uh long 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 rant to try to come back to the fact that like um you got spoiled by the game unfortunately and i hope blizzard sets that right with the the hero releases and say well this is what it's about i also have a few questions about like so we know it's going to have speed boost, but like, what happens now that Junker Queen has a speed boost? Um, this support has one, and Lucio has one. Like, or is there some like super speed comp that just now creates an entirely new playstyle? And like, I'm I'm wondering how they're going to handle that. Like, I want ability overlap, but now we have a different ability stacking thing. Oh, so a general yeah. rule, you think? Yeah, yeah. I mean, isn't it? Didn't they do something like that with damage amps for a little bit until like I, I'm pretty sure you can still break it with like Resistance. Bongo and yeah, like like I, they're just set a certain threshold as to how fast a player can be boosted 40, 50 percent, whatever it may be, right? And that way, one of the big learning curves of the synergies of these comps is how to properly layer speed in the same way that you need to layer ults one like and tempo them properly to actually win on certain comps. But resistance resistance is capped at fifty percent, if I'm not mistaken. So fortify and nano, um, for example, um, caps at fifty. But the one problem with that idea, though, Sam, is that then those picking those characters on your team are, are like get like horrible value because it's like well now now you shouldn't be playing them together if it caps out too well, easily not necessarily so, it depends on the map right yeah maybe M maybe you, you use one at a time but you mm -hmm. usually i think you want to combo stuff so yeah well, so I, that, I wonder what they'll do i suppose you could you could close yeah. long distances though with with, with mass like speed, think, think j-town right like if you want to like that that could even make reinhardt decent on j-town or something like that you know a double speed like maybe he can get to the widow behind the water tower with a nice pin you know, like who knows? Like it could again, it's 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 all kind of up in the air, but I it definitely would still like really depend on the map. Uh, but I mean and, and, and it depends on what else the characters do, right? Because at the end of the day, you know, what if the new my guess is gr given how the new tank came out with multiple different abilities, right? Surely the support has more than just speed. Like I feel like that's fair to say, surely. So it really depends on like the speed could be like a, more of a secondary thing. I don't even I don't even remember where we saw the fox potentially give speed. To be honest well, with you, the, my memory the, is the, horrible in right this now. Trailer, there's a little gate that comes and there's a path, and in the path, when you see the people walking along and they have green feet. As oh, they have green feet. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, I we don't we don't even know what any of it is yet, right? So that could be that could be like a ability two, that could be an ultimate, that could be anything, right? So it might not even be the character's biggest thing. So we'll kind of have to wait and see. 
because if say say it's an ultimate right instead of like an ability like lucio's ability is a passive speed that ult fight that extra speed boost will only be up every probably about minute and a half to two minutes meaning that what again frito you talked about this all the time the reason why goats was played so much is the most consistent comp to be played if that secondary speed boost or the ultimate speed boost whatever it may be isn't enough to make the hero super consistent then she probably wouldn't be played anyway right you know so who knows bro i don't i'm, I'm not even sure so we'll see yeah, that all started with Frito just destroying the support roles as well. Just when I thought you would defend them, Frito, <laughs> you just murdered them five times over. So I'm definitely going to get canceled on this one with the comments in the YouTube section. are going to be like, CSEB, you got a bunch of tank and fucking DPS shitters on the on the podcast, and they never defend support. Hey, welcome so. to the club, baby. Let's go. <laughs> they never defend the support, so. so, so hey, listen, I played Brig for a long time, so. Only like 16 players left, so it's not yeah. really that big of a deal. <laughs> I think top 500 as support, and it just feels the easiest to me, and that's why I like to play it now. And I think SPB I mean, agrees. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, I, I'm literally no, it I'm is GM and support again, player. and I I mostly play support, and I I agree. Like I I genuinely think support players were a bit spoiled. Like I genuinely think that Overwatch two I mean, supports were there, fine. There was proof to that. There was there was proof to that. Do you remember? I think it was the Fran who made like a chart of like the amount of players whose SR was like over 4.4k. On multiple roles the dps players like across every role the dps players had like 30 or something the tank players had about like 20 ish and support had like five or, or like like not even close like so and again i'd like to see that across like a much wider spectrum but i think that given pretty much the consensus of everybody on that one is just proofs in the pudding and it's not it's not a shot at support players by the way it's it's just the role just became overtuned that's all yeah i mean not gonna go too far down that line because that's a whole yeah yeah, 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 a yeah whole yeah, different yeah. whole different debate but yeah. uh yeah I, i'm conscious of taking a fair amount of your time so i want to get to some of the big picture things and just kind of discuss that and then we'll head towards conclusion which is that we haven't really even talked about obviously we know new maps are coming but the new content content cycle nine weeks new season basically every nine weeks uh, alternating between a new hero and a new map every time and a new battle pass and stuff. So, And the allusion to a new comp system with split tiers rather than a, what, uh, I can't remember the dev's name, but referred to as a granular SR system. So rather than that, they want to focus on skill tiers. So looking at all that, how do you feel like these nine-week seasons are going to look for us? Like, wh What's it going to be like in comparison to now? Flats, I'm going to let you go first. Well, for first off, seasons mean something again. Because uh, nothing has been worse, especially someone who, one, has played the game for a long time, and two, is a GM player. Uh, do you know what my GM placements look like? I make a bet with chat every season. I say, chat, I'll make a bet. If I place anything other than 3,900 3, SR on the dot, I'll gift you 100 subs. But if I do place 3,900 3, on, 3, on the dot, you guys have to gift 100 subs. It's never worked once. I've never gotten the 100 gifted. But every <laughs> season, no matter what, if I go 0-5 or 5-0, I play starting 900. It is boring. I can't play with teammates. My so there was when they so for those who don't know, they changed the system a few seasons ago uh, to make it so that 3900 is the max you can place. Um, that when they did that, you could play with other people because you were masters, right? There was one season where we'd play two or three games with friends, just six stack. And then we hit GM and everyone go back their separate ways. They took it from us. They took it away. So that was gone. Um, so ever since then, we placed 3,900. 
and then work our way back up. And you know, that's awful because if you finish 4,400, 4,500, 4,600, 4,700, your MMR is still 44 through 4,600, which means that when you place 3,900, the game thinks you're 4.7 or 4.6 or whatever it is. So you have to fight incredibly hard to climb back that SR. And yeah, you lose less and gain a little bit more, but it's just, a, it's a miserable system. Like you have to lose a bunch of games to fix your MMR to be similar to your SR. So then you can climb back up again. And it's just like, it's the most useless system because nobody cares about their placements. Everyone trolls their placements because nobody wants to win them. Cause if you win them, it actually your games get harder later. So you just, everyone trolls. Then you get people throughout the next week or two weeks until top 500 opens nobody cares like everyone's trolling and placing their accounts or whatever because it doesn't actually start anymore till two weeks in because nobody cares there's nothing to play for and so what it's caused is basically the end you know the old end of season like end of season sucks in overwatch that actually has now transferred and the beginning of season also sucks so you have the last week which sucks and then the first two weeks which sucks it's like a three-week period of suck and then guess what the season ends and guess what everyone goes back to 3900 yeah. like you know like what is it like what is what we got an icon like we got a, we got a spray that no one uses and an icon like it doesn't mean anything there's yeah. zero reason to have a season anymore we might as well just have a long consistent never resetting rank that's it but that changes this this changes with the system this means there's new things to look forward to there's new balance patches there's new maps there's new heroes there's things to look forward to at the end of every season now there's a reason behind wanting to keep playing you know there's always something new on the horizon which is different from our old format remember a lot of people look back at the old format they're like oh we used to get heroes just about as often you know whatever but we never knew when they were coming we could kind of figure it out like logically be like okay it's been about three four months or so maybe five months there's probably a hero coming at the end of this one we can kind of figure it out there's no guesswork involved we know exactly what's coming and i bet they'll start teasing stuff like a week before the season ends or like next season's gonna be a cyberpunk season and they start showing off the new skins that'll be available at the start of the battle pass and what will be season uh, available in the shop and there'll be things to look forward to always which is a, a huge change not only like as player psychology of like knowing like what i have to expect but also like there's no more this mindless drone walking of like oh, i guess i'll just queue another game of ranked because there's nothing else to do you know so i i think it's both good for the average consumer to know what kind of good stuff is coming next but also that person who plays a lot who's like hey you know what next season it's gonna be new stuff I'm looking forward to that. Frida, how do you feel about these seasons and the meaning that's been brought back potentially? Kind of like I said earlier about like whenever they add something to the game, it has a new personality. So the seasons that have the new hero, um, you have the launch of it and then probably the second season with that hero, the tuning of it. <laughs> and then the next one is probably is the new hero uh, after that again. I'm counting that right. Um, with a map in between and whatnot. So that that gives the game, like, you can remember. Like, there's a few seasons that everyone, like, points out. I think, was it 20 that uh, Anzo Dragon Strike? That, that, is, am I ten. remembering that correctly? 10? Yeah, season 10. <laughs> there's a few people the season to remember proceeds to forget the season entirely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that's the one they shot out, right? As, like, one that has a personality. Most don't is the reason why I don't even attempt to remember. Yeah, but exactly. now, now they will is kind of the point. Um, cause that was like, oh, that was the season that this hero was, uh, introduced and, um, so on. 
I am curious. I don't think in the announcement they said much. And I, I'm got a lot of questions. And it sounds like he said, not like he implied a soft reset of some sort. Because oh, I'd cry of happiness. It, it, <laughs> that, that's what I'm, I'm guessing. Uh, which is kind of what Flats is describing that they're doing it, but then the MMR problem. So it's like it's a mixed bag on whether this is a good idea or not. But um, he said something about if you get to a high rating, you know you earned it. And what I think he's implying to like the they're trying to remove the camping SR problem, I assume, um, with some sort of soft like the problem with these systems is like people expect them to match you as if it's an ELO system, but give you progression. Like it's a progression system, which is my number goes up over time. And like, I feel a sense of accomplishment, but what if you're not actually getting better or you're not beating everyone else or not getting better at the rate everyone else is that's another crazy thing about like, you know, you take, you might be improving, but your opponents are too. And well, now you're just the same, uh, ELO, let's say, um, all that being said, like that's why I kind of I'm I'm not huge on the whole experience sometimes because like I feel like you're you're trying to make it be too many things at once. So I think they still have a lot to explain on what their their goals are with it. Um, I look forward to other features that I hope uh, are in development. I'll say, Sam. I mean, I'm. I'm happy about it just because I want something new. Like I I've kind of talked about this a little bit, how at least for me, like right now, and it's kind of why I'm taking a break from the game. It's just like my personal fire for everything just is not really there. And it's just, I I'm just happy to have something different. Like I, you know, that's just my main thing. I like that the number system is being improved on the flats at the nail on the head for placements for me. Like, like literally my first five placements there were like three levers. I just AFK the game. Like there's just no point. Like literally like it was right after the beta. Jay was on the other team. We both had levers in our games because these kids would literally get on, just like leave a game because they thought that it would make it faster than having to like deal with like playing the game. And like, it, it turns out it didn't count or something like that. And like, we just AFK like, I would just be like flying across the map doing three sixties at echo. And he'd wait for me to land on and just flash fan me. And it was just like, we would just like do it over and over and over again on Elios. And it was just like, why? So I'm just excited for more purpose, fluidity, and just a reason to play again. Like, just, just, just give me a reason to freaking play, man. Like, ah, you know, and I'm just, it, it doesn't really matter to me exactly what it is, as long as it's better than what it is now, and I think that's what it's going to be. Yeah, I think I think you know again something we've spoken about on the podcast before, but it gives people that reason to check in, which I think is the most key thing. Which is previously, a new calm season starts, people don't even register, but because as Flats alluded to, like the release cycle was sporadic, you kind of thought that the mm -hmm. winter event might be coming this week or next week or you thought that Junkenstein might be coming this week or next week and then even when it comes you're like oh it's the same thing I guess they got they added like a remix of it but whatever it's mm -hmm. the same thing whereas you look at like the launch of an apex season it's a huge deal because they know a hero is coming or sometimes a map is coming as well so people are ready to tune in they're ready to come back and I think that's what Overwatch has missed a lot where it's like it feels that there has to be reasons for people to come back because we we grind regardless in most in most cases. I mean, I know Sam, <laughs> yeah, you've yeah, left yeah. for Warzone now, but in the, the day when when the game is still fine, whether there's something new or not, we tune in. We're fine. We play, mm -hmm. but we're paid to. Whereas the players who just have a more 
casual relationship with the game who just kind of pop in and out I think that's what that's where we've really been hurt that's where we've really been losing out so I think having that mm. nine week cycle of like oh what's new this time Overwatch is incredible yeah. for, for the normal it's really important yeah it puts us back in the race is like the way I like to put it and then, again it's just we've just been out of the race for so long and the fact that we are at least being competitive again is just super super important so that's that's the main thing that just has me hype about it like it's just like good consistent stuff like a heartbeat an actual cycle a purpose and that, that's just it's just so nice to see it i'm just really excited about it 100 percent. okay let's tick that off next thing to take off new map so we know rio is coming uh it's a hybrid map i think that uh, Aaron confirmed that interview with Game GameStop. I think he said it's a hybrid map. Uh, so, any any thoughts on Rio or just the new maps? We saw a Portugal map being shown. We know there's a Torb uh, Gothenburg map coming at some point. So, any thoughts on the maps or just your general thoughts on map design as well? Because that's something they've kind of at least vaguely spoken about, if not in too much detail yet. Frida, what about you? I'll be excited when they tell us how we're picking maps. Because they hinted that. I assume that's still going to be in the game. I think that was on like a Reddit AMA at some point. So it was during this transition. It's not like a super old promise or anything, I don't think. Um, and Because that'll make me a bit more hyped. For, uh, on, to some degree, it's like I, I'm used to playing other eSport games. And you'll play the same seven maps or whatever for years and years and years. So uh, I don't... Like, I just want to play the good ones. <laughs> uh, I don't need new shiny maps necessarily. But but no, I am on, excited about, like, the there's a new game mode coming next year. I, I got this a uh, little confused during the announcement there. But uh, they did say 2023 has a new game mode. And I'm curious if that's going to have... Uh, that's going to be another single objective, basically another payload variant, or if that mixes things up. So that's when I'll be hyped. Because otherwise, I think we kind of know... What to expect from um, these maps? One thing I will say, it's like without assault, we're kind of missing a bit of a defensive play style, and it only really crops up on a map like um, Casino Royale at the moment. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if they're going to try to balance that out a bit because um, using map design to balance the game is something that I think we should push them on harder this time around, as opposed to just demanding that uh, stats change. Like, like if, if you're in a situation where, as Flats described, and some heroes just not good enough, it's like, well, we just need one map that has a section of it that kind of can help to just give you the, that power play. Um, we, we all know, like, a thing that kind of annoys me about that philosophy is, like, you buff Symmetra to try to be, like, good normally, and then she's, like, dominant on Li Zhang or something in mm -hmm. 6v6 anyway. And I'm like, well, that's kind of lame now. It's like, well, why did you do it that way? Right? Um, or, or you know, I don't like the results so much. Whereas if you just tried to, to give the advantage with a map first, then maybe you didn't need the Giga stats to compete, you know? So that's just some of my general thoughts on it. Yeah, and I suppose that's where Junker Queen is headed, right? Again, we spoke about it. maybe she's only really good on certain maps, so... That's a nice balance. Actually, yeah, I should clarify. It's a good point that Frito made that, you know, the, the roadmap mentions a new game mode in season one, but that's push. That's them mm -hmm. counting push as the new game mode. So it's not new to us because we played it now, but in the Overwatch 1 to Overwatch 2 transition, it's a new mode. And same goes for the new heroes and new maps. Like that's Sojourn, Junker Queen, and then a third hero, the support hero. And then the six new maps include the four we've already played in the beta. So, but there is that actually new mode which you're right, Frito, like, 
it'll be interesting to see what there is. Another thing I should clarify as well in the battle pass screenshot that some people were analyzing, like there's a report card because they spoke about this, which I really like as a feature, like having this match report where you can look back at your games and not just in the replay, but to see the stats of what happened as well, because that's helpful to be able to see, ah, yeah, in this game, this was happening, blah, blah, blah. But in that screenshot, there was it was basically a placeholder because there was a lot of like bogus info that people picked up where they were like, Hanamura is a, a, I think it was a payload map on that. But it, but in that, like, I think Busan is also a hybrid map in the indicator. So yep. it's like it's just way off. And it says defat instead of defeat. And like the time of the maps are all the same. So it's like this It's basically a placeholder. So I think people read too much into mm. it. But yeah, uh, Flats, go ahead. Like new maps. Uh, yeah, and, and sort of designs of maps as well in the future. How are you feeling? I, I'll say that um, other than some of the push maps, uh, like, you know, like Coliseo was a little bit, you know, sometimes tough to play, uh, but I think that's more of a push game mode. Like, they're still working it out. Their hybrid uh, and and escort maps that they put out for the beta were exceptional. I thought they were great. I liked... New York was a little bit tough sometimes, but like I think that when you figure out how to play the map, it'll be okay. Um, and I thought the the escort map was phenomenal. Like that second point was tough, but it was like rewardingly tough to attack. And I think that over the six years of development, they've kind of started to nail what it takes to build not only a fun map, but in a competitive map. Um, so I'm excited to have more of them because we're now so far into this drought that we forgot what it's like to get new maps. Like we genuinely have forgot, like we're like, Oh, who cares about new maps? Like we only want new heroes. And it's like, no, no, new maps are good too. Like, don't forget about that. Like, that's actually a good thing. It's like, but only hero. Like, it's like, it's been that long at this point that like, and the new maps have sucked. Cause they were Havana yeah. and Paris and horizon. Facts. Facts. Yeah. But Facts. like Paris, Paris was just absolutely terrible. Like, I don't know who, who, who came up with that idea. I'm not lying to you. Like, I, I, I think you need, you need help. Um, <laughs> but, but Havana, like I understood what they were going for. Like you could kind of understand, but like the problem with Havana was also like the game was getting left in the dust. So like, you know, like could there have been ways to fix it? Yes. Um, maybe if like, certain heroes weren't broken for three years maybe they, yes uh i think havana is actually a map that could have been saved um from its terrible public opinion uh, i think that like maps like eichenwald at one point were hated right like eichenwald was a hated map and then they fixed it and then arguably it's thrown in my opinion in the category of i guess step below like your king's row right like it's like a pseudo king's row in a way um so, like, I think they can fix the problems with some of those maps that just weren't as good. They just stopped doing it. So, um, I think a lot of people forgot how good and exciting new maps are. So, it's it'll be very it'll be a very nice, refreshing thing to have. And after we get a few, you know, I don't know if we're gonna get another one with uh, beta three, but once we get to the point where, actually, before I I, I segue to that, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounded like from the live stream that the it's the night evening and day cycles you can have a possibility of getting all of them so you're gonna have three different types of playing three different like setting or times of settings for each map already plus you know the four maps we've or five maps we've already seen plus maybe one or two more rolling into overwatch 2 and then another map every 18 weeks once we get a year into the game and we have all of a sudden like you know, a total of 12 new maps, it's going to feel real different, you know? It's going to be nice. So I, I think 
that's why it hasn't hit that hard with people is they've genuinely forgot what it's like to get new maps <laughs> true sam no i think it's i agree flats 100 percent. like i i feel like i i feel like it just it takes me back because here's the thing right it's like old Call of Duties. Again, I hate to bring up Call of Duty, but I remember as a kid sitting there and being able to vote on maps and like having it feel super, super fresh, even though like it really was the same maps. If you looked at everything, like it was literally like you, there was not. I'm pretty sure in each Call of Duty, there were less maps in one game than there are in Overwatch right now, ballparking it, right? Because that's a straight up ballpark. The fact that Rio, first of all, Rio did look really pretty. It reminded me of freaking Favela from Modern Warfare 2. Actually, speaking of Modern Warfare 2, it should be coming out this year too, which I, I'm stoked for as well. Activision Blizzard turning around, I guess. Um, I was, I, I'm just excited to have new stuff because, uh, again, it's, it's the same thing for comp. Like it's, it's all about the overall experience to me, and the map and how it plays is just as meta-defining as a new hero. And I think Flats is right when he says that people have really forgotten what that's like, I guess. And it's, it's just everything's felt so stagnant. It's it's hard to assess how I feel until I actually get, like, my hands on Like, Coliseo played really well. It felt very fresh and new. And I just, I just want more. I just want more. I want it to be different. I'm excited to be able to have a little bit more options and just, just enjoy, like, a, the multiplayer again, man. I just miss it. I miss it already. Too much positivity. I have an angry boomer rant to go on. So go, go, go. Uh, I, one thing I don't like about the Overwatch map, this is why I actually highlighted the selection uh, thing, is that um, until you're a top 500 player, I, I feel like there's a very high percentage chance that your teammates have no idea to play the map that you got randomly assigned into. And because of you that... You can remove that first part of the sentence, by the way. You could just... Fucking clowns everywhere. <laughs> yeah and and that's a thing in other game communities that do at least you you select the map and like you get rated like for example in csgo you get you more or less will be rated by the map you're selecting because you wouldn't like let's say you only play one map just two like you could go queue the other map if you want but you kind of know going into it that you're not good at season or whatever and you just get destroyed whereas in overwatch it's like there's this constant part it's, this is part of the up and down thing of overwatch where maybe you're just a control player like in general or whatever your gimmick is works and, and that it adds to the rng of it and i'm not a huge fan of like players just not understanding the mode that they're in and then having them on my team and then having to figure out how to win with that luckily overwatch 2 is better in this regard we don't have assault and obviously the individual impact is much bigger but that's just like a concern of mine when we start to get too many maps or like like another example of this is like they add a new map mm, rialto like it's kind of a gorgeous map it's got a lot of interesting Agreed. fights in my opinion i really like the map but i don't like that it feels like outside of top 500 no one knows how good the mid the uh, streets phase staircase is like that's the whole point of the map why are we not using this? Why are you fighting over there? Just stand here. It's like, like so this, these things annoy me because they're so easy to just learn. Like, oh, the rollout at the start of Rialto, something's going to boop us. Let's not get booped so that we're set behind, you know, 50% ult charge or whatever it's going to be. Um, and, and those strategy gaps uh, where I just wish the community knew things 
Um, I think it thinned out a bit when they at least have some agency, but maybe that's just like optimistic me talking. I, I always think I can solve these problems. If I just made a video that explained these things, <laughs> then the whole community would just get it. And it, it never happens. It never happens. Like 10 people listen. Um, but that, those are annoyances I have because I, I feel like it like gatekeeps the fun from so many players and they just get smacked in the face with content they don't understand and when they just want to get into the fun. Now, luckily, a, a mode like push is so intuitive that almost no matter what you do, it, it, it's sort of like you're playing the same game every time. You're like, you know, fight around the robot, kill them, push it up. And, and it, you know, it's, there's more depth to it than that, but it's not like some of these other modes that, um, especially Assault was the worst, but even, even you know, I'm talking about like map elements. Well, even Rialto, the example, around. makes sense. Like, right. you, um, you don't clear the high ground, there's no point pushing the payload. Yeah. Um, and I think the more... I, I, they'll, they'll probably need to make them... They will do this, and they have done it, but like a map pool, actually, and and keep it like in rotation so that we... Sometimes in the game, it felt like we, there's too many maps in the pool, and for the average player, it's just... There's no hope <laughs> that they're going to learn all of them. This is the, this leads to my tinfoil hat theory, which is that... There oh, is which will matter more in Overwatch pool. 2. So, sorry, in Overwatch 2, this is way more brutal. Because in Overwatch 1, with a team comp builder, you could just kind of get the team comp that survives. Overwatch 2, you're getting smashed in the face with anti-heal explosions, and like you're going to need to learn angles so much more in Overwatch 2, I think, just in general. No, it's a really good point. Actually, it's a really good discussion point. So I was going to say, uh, I feel like there's a soft map pool in Overwatch 1, but this is, like, this is not confirmed. Because I feel like people get the same maps at the same time. So I feel like at a certain point in time... Do you want my theory? Like... Yeah, go ahead, Flaz. I have, I have a theory for that. There's yeah. a timer. So like every 15 or 20 minutes, there's a timer, and you have a chance to get A or B, and there's a, like a small chance of like a C map, just in case something happens. That's why if you go to every streamer at the same time, they're playing one of two maps. Then there's like a one-third map, but there's never a fourth map. It's always one of two with maybe a third. It is it is crazy shit. 100%. No, 100%. Because my viewers say it as well all the time. They'll be like, oh, I'm queuing up into the same map. What's the chances? And I'm like, hi, my friend. Hi. Hi, chances. Nah. There's a thing going on. So there's like a soft map pool. So they, yeah. And it's interesting as well because I think the counterpoint to what Frida's saying, people would say, oh, but then do you want... I don't know, Symmetra one tricks to get to boost themselves by only picking the maps they like. But yes. at the end of the day, well, at the end of the day, I would, it, it, the point you're making for it is a fair one, which is like, yeah, but it makes the overall experience miserable for everyone who has to deal with the Symmetra one trick on Havana or something, right? It's like, yeah, those guys are getting a favorable advantage, but do you want them in your team in the other maps? Or would you rather they just play what they're good at and then they can just be the specialist? It would, it would lead questions about how SR, like how... You know, you could be like a two-trick of a map or something and then boost your SR. So there might be questions on the integrity of the SR. But certainly worth like investigating. So I have to laugh. As if there weren't already, right? Well, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Very much so. Sam, anything to add or Flats, anything to add before we move on? No, I think we kind of, I think we kind of got on the head there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that kind of, that's kind of most of the discussion points I had. I don't know if I'm missing anything, though, on anything that was been announced there's been so much it's honestly like an inundation of information like i feel like there's so much we've suddenly been dropped upon that i'm like whoa yeah, there's a yeah lot it's almost one. overwhelming why did they start with this yeah what? 
They had all of this planned and you and we got the donkey video because you put two <laughs> things in beta one? What were you thinking? Why? Does someone they have want... an answer? It must just they... not have been done, right? Like that's the only answer that makes any sense. Well, so one one interesting thing is that I know you haven't watched this video, this uh, interview yet, but actually Aaron talks about in the interview, he says, we've just given everyone a roadmap. It's something we've never done. And it's a, it's an ethos shift from us. He's like, we're making a conscious shift from... So this goes back to what we said right early on, where it's like, maybe this was something that at least the Blizzard hierarchy or whether it was directly Jeff or not, we're just like, nah, we don't give roadmaps. And then maybe at some point, Aaron was like, no, we should, we should. Or they just didn't have it ready. One of the two, pretty much. I, I don't even know what to say about that. Like, I don't even know. <laughs> I, I, mean, I can like, keep complaining if we need to fill no, airtime, okay? No, I have infinite just, complaints. <laughs> finish your thought, man. Finish your thought. Oh, no, not really. I was being sarcastic. It would just be repetitive. I, 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 yeah, I, my assumption is the leaks that have come out and the um, journalism behind the scenes on this was the the reason, the actual reason is, I'm asking a rhetorical question, but I know the answer is that uh, the Overwatch League put pressure on them to give them an early version of Overwatch 2 for the start of the season. How'd that work out for you? Well, oh, you have less viewership than when you're on Overwatch 1, the game everyone could play. Oh, well, I just wish I was in the room at some point to raise a hand and, and be the Lorax guy again and ask the obvious questions that everyone should be asking. Uh, is that going to work? You know, the empiricist. It's like, well, yeah, you get the early version of the game, but we tank the uh, um, early, the first impression of everything, and you don't even get more viewership anyway because, duh, because you're playing an eSport no one else can play. It's like, well, we saw all this coming. Because we all said these words. Why, why didn't you say these words? That's what I don't get. Um, but <laughs> you would be shocked. Be <laughs> you would be shocked how many times that room needs a Lorax. Mm. Flats is getting all that yes. PTSD from the Boston Boston era. <laughs> Dark days. Dark days. Dark days. A anything Flats that you haven't that we haven't touched on yet that you maybe noted from the announcements of the last day and so. Um, okay, this is it's not really a note, it's more of a personal comment. I think it's a great day and a great look at the future when the probably least talked about subject so far has been the Junker Queen's abilities. Normally when we see a new hero, everybody wants to know like what does she do, what's the cooldowns, how much damage does it look like she does, um, you know, how far is that pull? Nobody cave, nobody cared. Like everyone was so hyped with everything being hit, like that's a day that is that is an announcement like that's that is how an announcement is done yep and sam Just anything one. to add on that no i mean like i i <laughs> honestly not, there's nothing to really say there like I, the, the best part was you know usually like i'm so nervous and worked up about stuff when when new heroes come out but to be honest like i <laughs> I was just happy to see stuff, man. I don't even know. Like that that's just where I was at. And it may, maybe it's just cuz uh, you know, perspective is a very weird thing for I mean, and this is more of a, a more of a personal note again, but you know, it, it's just it just made me so happy to just see all of this like see us caught up in the race, you know. Well, not we're not caught up actually, but like we're just in the race again. And it's just it's it's very thrilling to have that be a subject that we can actually talk about and mean it when we say it you know it's 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 like i feel like i was just in a hyperbolic time chamber 
And this was like my dream. I was like May in the cinematic. I was like dreaming of like, please, like, can we get back to this point where we're just in it? And then I wake up and it's like, damn, I blink. We're here now. Like, that's crazy. It's been like, what guys? Two years, two years, two, about two years and two months since Echo. And now here we are. It's just, it, I'm just, I'm just happy to know that there's there. We finally, after joking about the light at the end of the tunnel for, for years, you know, we're, we're actually about to walk out. It's just nice. Yeah, it's funny. Like our expectations have been lowered so badly over the years. Like, I, <laughs> objectively, we're like the least spoiled community. Like I said, like we we laugh about this sometimes. But the Apex community be like, "Oh my god, you only released one content last month. Where, where's the yeah. new content?" And we're here like, "Oh shit, Overwatch Two is this year? Oh, like yeah, it's only least... been three. We were expecting yeah. next year, maybe at the earliest. Like, whoa. So like." I, I, you know, it's just great. It's a great era to live in. And on that positive note, the last concluding things I'll ask each of you guys then is next beta, 28th. So hopes and expectations. You guys know how this works. Hopes and expectations for the next beta. What what are you feeling? And I'm going to go to Frito first. We'll go mm. counterclockwise. Yeah, um, I'm trying to recall everything that's been announced. So we know we have the new hero, new maps. The skins are getting kicked in. Yeah, I, I hope there it's um it all functions well. And and I, I'm waiting for the time where like, and maybe this is what what happens. The console players now will finally get to play. Like I I feel like the first beta had just such a meh reception because you needed to have you needed to kind of be an expert on the game, um, as in played a lot to like notice the intricacies of what they changed. I hope this has like a a, a different effect now and um people are excited to play like invest into this game because still beta one was the impression of like oh yeah well it's kind of new but it, who knows what the model of this even is if this is worth my time whereas now i think we have a more uh defined product but maybe the the first impression's already over so uh that that's my curiosity because um as much as we might like a lot of the things um we need those players to play against and be interested in the game and um to keep the the the, the train rolling as well someone's got to be buying all the microtransactions we, we all gotta <laughs> chip in to uh uh keep because i want more of the stuff right for me and so they have to like it too uh so hopefully that's the case uh I, i'm kind of holding this back it's a whole nother probably tangent maybe we'll look at after this but I think there's a really good chance that this is a, a very strong console game because in many ways it's similar to the destiny model, which similar, you can kind of follow it. You play the PVE. There's like a, a, a track you're on to, to culturally keep tapping into it. And it's, it's got, it's hooks in you a bit more. Um, so if that works, I think it could work well, but it's, it, it has to work on console because PC is like a different beast of a, of a thing now. Um, contextually with the rest of the market i'd say with you know valorant for example and and other games competing for the pc shooter makes sense and definitely something we can touch back on as well when we see the reception by the console players in the beta because um, i do think we saw the kind of soft power of the console when they weren't there and everyone lost interest very quickly i think that was part of it uh flats uh to piggyback off that last part uh, I think they've understood that. I think that's why this is being launched as a early, uh, it's like technically early access. Yeah. Um, so early access on console means that they don't have to go through the whole verification process for updates and stuff like that. Uh, that means they'll be able to roll out updates faster, not only for PC, but also for console, meaning that they're 
I think they've identified that console is powerful and they want to, um, you know, help that community as much as they can uh, because they're a valuable part of our community. You know, everybody memes, obviously, that like, you know, like, oh, console, make old, you know, but like at the same time, though, it is a major part of gamers. Most gamers want to sit on their couch and play, not sit up right in a chair and, 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 and game like it's a little bit different, you know, um, it's like it's and, you know, it's a little bit of a different uh, ideology, but that's what makes Overwatch so powerful. And that's why we've always joked for years that the Overwatch casuals are so powerful. Um, that being said, though, my hope for this next beta is that um, people don't start spinning their wheels again immediately. And they're like, what? There's not. It's only another hero in another map. Ah! It's like, yeah, that's what they told us that it was this time. Like they told us ahead of time, bruh. Like, you know, I can already, I can already see the comments coming. It's already, it's already starting. I already know it is, but um, looking a little bit past that, something that I don't think we've actually really mentioned very much uh, is I, I, I don't have a whole lot of hopes, hopes for the beta. Um, but uh, I hope that, we have some kind of like ranked slash longer game format, even in unranked where we can play both sides. Just like, I don't remember if it was like Echo Flex or somebody said they never played defense of Midtown or something like that. Like they never got to play the other side, uh, the whole beta, because they always got attack. Uh, I don't know if it was called Midtown. It was whatever the, the escort one was. Um, Something longer. So as a content Sick creator, around. I can make videos, which is a little bit more of a selfish thing. I get that. But also as a player, you get to play both sides, which is better. But two, better which isn't really too. beta. Yeah, we're right little... but like better, better balancing data. Yeah, um, true. And, and you mean even just a fun ways you get to play both sides. Um, but this isn't like totally beta, but kind of like later on. Since I know, you know, or I hope people sometimes listen to us as creator codes. I know it's not beta related, but I hope that we uh, see creator codes come into when Overwatch is officially launched as that early release game. We can finally be shills officially. Finally, uh, live up to the chat comments. Yeah, I'm actually going to do it now. So when people look back, uh, use code Flats. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Check out flats, I've been barking up that tree for three years now, buddy. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! As for me, honestly, like I don't have any expectations for the beta. Like I'm going to hop on and like play a bit of Junker Queen. Um, you know it. Yeah it's it's very clearly like you were we're still like in the warm-up for the race and the race starts doesn't start till october we kind of all know this so i'm really not too worried about it but you know it, yeah well, I'll, I'll play it i'll have a little fun you know get get a little silly jay silly on them you know um but yeah no it's just i i'll, I'll show up actually all just you mentioned that right now sam has really dawned on me that like just just by announcing <clears throat> the release date this the the framework of this next beta is so much better because when we played that last beta remember everyone was like yeah but what is this supposed to be of course the infamous it's overwatch 1.1 or whatever because we yeah. weren't sure when the final product is coming so we had no idea how far this is but now like we all know when we play this next beta yeah it's, so the release is october so this doesn't have to be the game we know this is like a play test. So actually, it's just kind of yeah. dawned on me that like it's it's kind of the reception, I hope, will be much better because everyone's going with that same expectation of like, mm -hmm. this is a beta. Yeah, yeah, I, I, that that definitely will help it. And it, I, I, I assume it would like, I hope. 
But I, I think, you know, because the big the big tell for me was when I talked to like my, a lot of my IRL friends are like, dude, yeah, we just don't care. Like, we'll play the game when it comes out. We'll check it out. But like, like there's just like no point right now. And I'm like, yeah, I, I, I streamed this game every day for like five years. Like, you know, I kind of understand exactly where that's coming from. And I can't even tell you you're wrong because I feel the same way. But now I think like we, we have we see the finish line and that's what matters. So. 100%. 100%. And I, I concur with all that. I just think that like, yeah, I'm just I'm just psyched to test the new stuff. And I think our expectations are so much better. It's going to be fun for, for whatever long three weeks or however long it is. And then it's going to be back to watch one for a bit. But at least this time we know <laughs> how it's operating. And we're just all looking forward to that October 4th. So let's get our hands on some Junker Queen. Let's play Rio. Let's have a good time with it. Knowing that, the you know, the real game is coming. The, the winter is oh, coming. Oh, yeah. We're like Game of Thrones now, where we actually are like, we just keep saying winter's coming, but this time we actually know when it's coming. <laughs> okay, well, that's it for the podcast, guys. We're gonna um, On this stream, we're going to take a quick intermission, and I'll be back. But for these guys, thank you so much for the time. As always, they've been amazing, giving me uh, their time, their wisdoms, and their deep, deep metaphors that run, you know, run long and uh, down some rabbit holes sometimes. But thank you as always. Opened all, it up with grandmas. Now. You know, it's just, it's just... Sometimes it's my worst. Sometimes yeah. we hit icebergs. Sometime. What is the metaphor count? Okay, Grandma, uh, the Titanic. We said so many. I bet. Listen, when I'm on a roll, I'm on a roll. I can't help it. <laughs> it's true. It's true. De uh, the deep Samito, man. You just can't be stopped. But okay, guys, thank I'm you very much. Please check out all their guys' links and, co and content. They are awesome creators in their own right. So I will see them soon for the beta. Hopefully see you guys soon. And peace out. See y'all.